GXP Podcast. Chatting with the coolest people from across the Midwest who do some awesome things. We've been at this a minute. <laughs> and that's the podcast. Thanks for coming out. See you next year. Yeah, we love it. Now, here's your host, Brian Lee. Welcome to the GXP Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, everybody that has been listening so far. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, we have a super cool episode today. I got my buddy Joe Sample with me. He's back. He's back. I mean, your 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 stories were fucking awesome, to be honest with you. And uh, I don't even know what to say here. I honestly don't know what to say. And I don't even know if I can press the right button here. But we got Larry Lawson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ah, I knew it. No. <laughs> Larry Lawton, if you guys do not know who Larry Lawton is, he's all over the place. Uh, he has a lot of connections with a lot of people. Um, he robbed a lot of people. And uh, now he's on the up and up right now. Um, you got people looking to make movies about you. You got a book out right now that is amazing called Gangster Redemption that we definitely need to check out. Larry Lawton, thank you so much for coming on here, man. I am glad to be here. Any way to help or highlight stuff for you guys or, you know, just rap with you guys. Joe, of course, Joe. He's I know the real stories, though. You do know the real stories. I've been studying you. So how do you, first of all, how do you know Joe Sample? Like, this guy came out of nowhere a year ago, helping out local businesses all over Cedar Rapids, which everybody was devastated by COVID-19, and then we had the fucking derecho, and that destroyed our town. And then I have Joe Sample come on, he tells his stories, and then afterwards he goes, do you know this guy? And he showed a picture of you. And I said, yeah, I, I, I've seen him, but wh who is he to you? That's what I want to know. Joe is like my nephew. Uh, I've been dating the same same woman for 12 years, and that's his nephew. That's her nephew. Joe is her aunt, and so it's kind of like a quasi-nephew. Him and his brother Paul I know very well. Uh, they come to Florida. And uh, Joe, when I found out what Joe was doing, I said, we got to help Joe. We got to push what Joe does because he's helping people. I, the bottom line of what, even what I do now is – I always end my videos on make the right choice. You know, I made the wrong choices. My, you know, your audience don't know I was the biggest jewel robber in the United States. I robbed 15 to 18 million. Uh, I was with the Gambino <laughs> crime family. Jeez. I went away for not telling. I beat a life sentence and got my law degree in prison. And when I got out, I got out in 2007. I said, we got to stop young kids from going to prison because it's a waste. I went to prison in yeah. 1996 and got out in 2007. I lost from 34 years old to 46 years old. Best years of your life, I lost. And all my fault, I never complain. I never tell somebody, oh, but bullshit, no. It was my fault. I was a bad guy. He didn't want to run into me back in those days. And now I like to help people. I like to make sure young kids got the right message you know the yeah i was worth millions and millions limousines homes boats everything i owned and it's still not worth it you know you can't lose your kids for that long you no. can't lose your family for that long and then i got out and i said you know there's too many young kids coming to prison and they think that they're badasses and they're not you know they come to prison they think they're a tough fucking guy they're not trust me they're not 
And I was in maximum security prisons. We had a murder a month for 18 months in one person I was in. I was in Atlanta. Jeepers. The USP Atlanta, it's the United States Penitentiary Atlanta, was the worst prison in the country at the time. I went there from 97 to 99. And it was a zoo. I mean, I didn't think I would get, I've been stabbed twice. I've been shot. I had, I had a wild life. So now I look to help as many people. If it's got a help angle, I want to, I want to help them. And I want everyone to make money. I want everybody to sure. do the right thing. Because you have to. You, you got to pay the bills. You got to pay for this. You got to pay for people. But I also want to make sure there's a, a message at the end that says, hey, do the right thing. You know, open a door. I tell people at the end of a video, I say, listen, do one good thing a day. Whether it's open a door for an old lady, carry a package to a car, go through a toll booth without this easy pass, and just stop for five seconds and say to the guy, hey, thanks for doing that. You don't know if that guy was going to commit suicide. Yeah had a bad day and he needed a little boost. And that's what, you know, like I'd say you guys do, you're, you're promoting things, you're doing helping people, getting Joe on your show to show, hey, he's helping restaurants. I love what he did. I yeah. love what he did. Kick, and I got a free shirt out kick of it. Off so <laughs> kick off of what he's saying and what I've seen in the community is uh, I've done a lot of pay it forward things. So if I go to a restaurant, support it, and then I'll buy maybe $100 worth of gift cards yeah. or I'll buy... 20 coffees at this place. And what happens is you see those people come in and get a free, hey, you got a free meal on Joe or whatever, be like Joe. And they're like smiling, you yeah. know, it changes. So you don't know how bad that day is, but something like that, just paying it forward a little bit makes a big difference for someone in a day. I remember I was in an Arby's once and somebody paid for my meal. So I paid for the next person's and like the kid at the window was so freaking excited. He's like, I've never seen this before. That was so awesome. Now, let me ask you this, Larry. Did you think you were a badass when you were a kid, when you, when, when you were with uh, growing up in New York and, and, and the, the Gambino crime family, did you think you were a badass? Because you said a lot of these kids come into prison thinking they're badass. Well, you know, I grew up in, in the Bronx and Brooklyn, two very tough places. We didn't have money. We didn't have any of that. So we were all hustlers. I was robbing cars at 15 years old, uh, getting him, taking them to a chop shop <laughs> and making $500 a car. Uh, we did a lot of crazy shit. And it wasn't about tough guys. We grew up on the streets. Yeah. See, we didn't go looking for trouble, but you didn't want to come into our neighborhood in trouble, you know, because you'd find it very sure. easily. You know, we were all fighters. We all come from the streets. We had, I remember playing basketball my parents couldn't afford sneakers for us. So my dad was laid off. My mom was trying to, they had five brothers and sisters. We lived in a two-bedroom bungalow. My dad had to build bedrooms in the roof. I was playing basketball in slippers. And then, you know, my father ended up uh, working with the World Trade Center. He built the World Trade Center. That Your went father down. did? Yeah, well, he was the head guy uh, with the tin knockers, sheet metal workers. That's the, uh, the you put up all the duct yeah. work. He was the head guy at 200 guys. I got a picture of me in 1971 on on the 103rd or 4th story of the World Center that they put a rope to me. That's so cool. I was born in 61, you know. I'm I'm yeah. getting old. I'm 60 years old, but and we crawled to the edge to, you know, and they had a rope around us oh my and God. and my brother and we got a picture of us That's in crazy. our heart. He yeah. was crazy, man. But then, you know, my dad used to pay off. It was, he used to pay off the mobsters, you know, because New York is built on mob money. You don't think it's not. And I used to go around with him when I was 12 years old. And I used to go to the bars and, and I learned how to gamble and I was hanging out with mobsters. And, sure. You know, I mean, the real guy, you know, the scar in the mouth. I mean, you know, central casting for mob stuff. And that's all you grew up with, you know, so you knew that. And that was all you knew. Now, we went to school. I didn't graduate high school. I ended up getting get my degree in high school diploma in the military. I went to the Coast Guard at 17 years old. Nice. 
But when I got out, I got hurt in the service. When I got out, it was right back into crime, right back into the thing I only That's knew. That's what you know, man. That's all I knew. Easy money. Yeah. Easy. And, you know, we. it was the people in those neighborhoods. Now, you're talking about a different time period. You know, the 70s, forget it, was big mobs. I mean, yeah. it was everywhere. And then even into the, uh, when I got out of the service in 86, it was easy for me to get back into that thing. I started loan yeah. sharking and bookmaking, and I, I learned the business as a bartender and a, a bouncer. I used to bounce this card game that was, I mean, you want to talk hundreds of thousands of dollars down in a cellar. and You couldn't go down there. And they were playing dice. Like a real seller in real, New York. Yeah, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside, you had to go in. Yeah, yeah. you go well, You exactly. go down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I tortured yeah. him. When you read my book, I tortured a guy with an iron. I, yeah. I said, you didn't want to well, know you, me when I was a... to burn his dick off. Yeah, that, that's what he gave up where the money was. you damn right. Uh, <laughs> he, he did. He in my, did. In my yeah. book, you know, if they actually did a reenactment. Somebody did a reenactment. They were going to do a movie of that scene, and it's pretty close. Uh, I was pretty crazy. And I had no, like, uh, I had no limits, you know. That I never thought I'd live to 50, to be honest. I really never did. And especially when I went to prison. I went to prison at 34. I never thought I'd get out alive. Right. Ever. And, and I lived that way. And it, it's, it's a way that you start thinking. But when you get older, you start thinking a little bit different. Obviously, when I went to prison, and I often talk, you know, Sammy Gravano wants to come on my show. I won't let him. People say, oh, you you know, let him, he's, he's growing, but he's not going to catch me, that's for sure. But the, I don't want to give him the platform because, not that, listen, I know he's a rat and everything else he did. He got the biggest breaks in the world. If anybody don't know him, look, I'm Sammy DeBull Gravano with the Gambinos. He told on Gotti, and he ended up- Everybody. He told on everybody. You know, know. Now, yeah. there's a lot of people on the internet, everybody saying, oh, that, you know, he John was going to kill him. And, and that all might be true. But what about the other hundred fucking guys yeah. he put away? And I know some guys he put away. So, And it's not that, listen, I come from that old school. Your word means something. If I told Joe I would do a show, I'm going to do your show, and period. you delivered, man. I, I, I'm very, very big on a person's world. I don't care how much money you have in this world. I don't care who, who you are in this world. If you say something, you should do it. I believe that to this heart. If I shake your hand to do something, I expect both of us to honor our agreement. And I did that my whole, and I won't do that. You know, I have people say, Larry, you're saying strong, you're the true deal. It is true because I don't want to give him the platform to to help a guy that I know put people away. Now, what he does, I don't give a fuck. Years ago, I said, I'd like to kill him, all this shit. I don't give a crap about that anymore. I really don't. You got to live with yourself. You yeah. got to go to bed at night. I go to bed. You know, when I was in prison, people say, how did you do it? I was facing life now. And I had a 15-month-old daughter and a six, seven-year-old son when I went to prison. I had money, homes, boats, horses, everything. Horses? Yeah, I had horses. And and I it was funny because the government I'll tell you some crazy stories. So the so the government offers me three years. Now I'm facing life. And I said no. Because you had a rat. Well, I would have had a rat. Yeah. And and it was it's just about like I mean, I tried to figure out how I could do it and they're smarter than you think. And I said, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do it. And I went to prison, and I got four 12-year sentences because I beat a life sentence. I beat the gun charge. Yeah. And when I used to look in that stainless steel, that's what is a mirror in prison. It's not a glass mirror. It's stainless steel right. against the wall. And I used to always say, I have nothing, because they took everything from me. But you know what? I got my word. Yeah. And it, it it's held me true to this day, and it's made me successful. It made me able to do what I do. Even with the wise guys, they respect me because I never told on anybody. Nobody ever went to jail on my case. 
And I was one of the only men ever to go to prison on a RICO. Which, you know, the RICO is a racketeering Correct. influence corruption yep. organization with only me. So here's the deal. I listened to your interview with Vlad, and uh, you talked about a lot of these same things. And, and the, the best thing about you is, is you didn't fucking rat on anybody, you know, and um, not a lot of people can say that. You know, it's hard. Everybody could say they won't. We call it facing the devil. When you're in front of that judge and you're front, you know your life could be over. I mean, forget it. It's nothing like you think. And you can still do it. That's facing the devil. A lot of people can't. And listen, there's, poor, there's guys I know who did, and I kind of almost feel bad for them, but I don't. You know, it's, like, it's, a, it's a hard thing for me. Sure. But when they go to this extreme of putting people away, maybe they shouldn't have or whatever they did. Listen, what do you care if something happened 10 years ago and you're telling on that too? And you're telling. See, Sammy even pissed me off because not only did he tell, and he kept his money, kept everything. Yeah. He goes out to Arizona, he sells ecstasy, and you know, he's now the big shot in Iowa and he gets busted. He does twenty years after the after they gave him the break of a lifetime, yeah. killing nineteen people, and they give him five years. How do you justify that government? It, it it just blows you away. But I can't worry about other people's how they live their life. I know I sleep great at night. I respect people, I want respect back. Uh, I, I want to treat people the way I want to be treated, and I will, and uh, that'll never change. Money has nothing to do with my life now. Of course, you make money, you do this and sure. stuff like that, but I don't run my life on money. I take care of my mom in a small house, and my mom's 88. You know, my mom was there through my prison years, and now she needs me, and I built a studio in my house, and uh, I take care of my mom. It's a small That's house. Important, it's man. 15, 16 That's square feet. super yeah. important. Absolutely. You and know, here's the thing. Just because you've done some things in life um, that other people call questionable or whatever they want to call it, um, if you can be, you know, have redemption. Um, you know, I mean, even in the Bible and everything else, you know, it's all in this book here, I'm sure. Um, and, and that's what I love about you a lot because I've been studying you for two weeks now ever since <laughs> Joe was like, hey, man this is a possibility. So I'm like, I need to know this guy. Like, I want to hear about Big Ben, the rat. Oh, um, Atlanta, yeah. that fucking rat, man. That scared the <laughs> not, shit out of me, that like rat. Not like a mafia rat. This was a fucking rat that was fucking four thing, feet man. tall. Yeah. That thing, I'm telling you, that rat. Big Ben, man. I ran up to it, hit my foot, and the fucking thing turned around and looked at me. Oh, he almost fuck. kicked your ass. Yeah, yeah fuck this know, shit. You know, and that's the type of thing that's like, I... I, I've always been fascinated with mafia movies my entire life. Scorsese, he's done a great job of it and everything, but it's glorified. Totally glorified. And I want to hear your story because it is real, and you should have a movie about you, man. Well, yeah, there's been a lot of talks about that. and we, we, I want to do See, I own everything. I own my book. I was offered 50 grand back years when I needed the money, and I didn't do it for some reason, and I'm glad because I own it all. But the, you know, it's so cr true. People like glorify the mafia. They don't take care of shit. Nobody gave you money when you're in prison. Not only that, you know, when the mafia started, people think, oh, they were good. They were fucking extorting from their own people yeah. in Little Italy in New York. They go around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, was, they were extorting their own people. They couldn't get loans. So they're giving them 300% loans, taking their business, taking their fruit stands. So, oh, they're nice, good. I mean, obviously, the Godfather, all that makes it all. Always oh, a good guy, didn't want drugs. That's first of all, the drug thing in the Godfather make me sick. We were making so much money. I had a partner. I was the robber. I was a, a, a booster and a robber and a muscle kind of guy. I had a partner there, same age as me, and he's dead now. Great friend of mine. Now, he did the drug trade. 
you know, like in the, sure. in the yeah. and he was making a ton. He wanted me, he always wanted me to bring keys from, from Miami because I could have, I had a connection to get keys for 10, 10 grand. And I never did it. I said, I'm not getting in that. I just, it was something I didn't want to do. Because first of all, drugs, not, not even knowing it then, but you get in conspiracies with drugs. That's the problem with okay. drugs. Once you okay. take money for drugs, it's a conspiracy. I always wondered why the, the mafia always tried to stay away from really heavy drugs. They didn't. That's bullshit. They, they, the pizza connection was in 86. The pizza, I was in prison with all those guys, the uh, Felipe Casamel and the and uh, the Gambinos, not, other Gambino, not, not Carlo Gambino, but the Gambino family. Sure. And they all were doing drugs. The pizza connection, they were sending drugs, heroin, from Italy into pizza shops in, in, in America, in Florida, in New York, in Jersey, and they would distribute in the heroin out of the pizza shops. No it's shit. called the Pizza oh. Connection. You can oh, look it up. Wow. So they were doing that in the 80s and 70s. They, so what do you mean they weren't doing drugs? It's all bullshit. They made the money. They want to make like, oh, I'm a fucking nice guy. We don't do drugs. You might not do them. Good for you. A lot of people but don't do it. they sold them. They fucking sold them. They're making money. Yeah. You don't think every time we're giving our bosses envelopes of 30 grand, 40 grand, I used to give my boss, it's funny, a Dominic, I'd give him a, I'd come in, I'd give him an envelope for 40 grand. It's a kid. thick envelope. Yeah, come here, kid, come here. I'd have a bunch of diamonds, too, for me. Take a diamond or two, and they'd go, hey, be careful, kid, be careful, kid. He's taking the fucking thing. What do you mean? Like, he's not, like, part of it. Of course he is, but, I mean, you needed to do that in that world. Not because I had to do that, but I needed to be with a family because the other people knew how big I was. They would take you and kidnap you. And trust me, if you had something I wanted it, I would get it. There's no way. I love these guys. I'll never give it up. Trust me. If I had you in a chair in a basement in Brooklyn, you're going to give me whatever the fuck I, I would. I the sure would. Fuck so would I. I sure would. 100% I sure would. So would I. Absolutely. <laughs> you're right. Listen, I tell people, you yeah. get me that way yeah. here, whatever you want. You want a blowjob too? I'll give you that. Whatever the fuck you whoa, want. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> My, Larry, my point gonna... is, it's everybody thinks they're they're gonna withstand that. You can't. And then now I tell them, listen, that's gonna happen. But if I get out of here alive, you're dead. See, here's the thing, man. Uh, after I did my research on you, and I know you're a good dude, and you're doing a lot of great things now, I was nervous as fuck. But I was like, okay, I've watched all the movies and everything. Cool. If uh, Joe Pesci showed up or Robert De Niro, I wouldn't be worried about it. You know. But I was I was nervous as fuck, man. I was like, this guy, he could make a phone call and I could be dead. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny because I still got a great word. Matter of fact, when I got out of prison. Like, uh, you, you were with the Gambino family. Like, you say you're not affiliated anymore, but come on, man. <laughs> you know? you, you're making me laugh. <laughs> when I got out of prison, when I got no. out of prison, you know, I went away for not telling. So when I got out of prison, a couple of guys I know came to me and they said to me, hey, lad, you know, we got this thing going. I said, hold on, let me tell you something. I said, if I get back in, I'm going to kill two people. They looked at me and I was serious. I said, if I get in, I'm killing two people. I don't know, because three can keep a secret if two are dead. That's the saying people actually type on it. Three can keep a secret if two are <laughs> what dead. What the fuck, Joe? <laughs> but I, I told him that. I said, listen to me, I'm not getting, I, I like, I have, you know, I lost too much. My dad sure. had Alzheimer's. My, I was taking care of my mom. I, I have kids now that I, I was very close with. I still am very close to my kids. And I says, I'm not getting back into this game because I know where it's going. I know the end yeah. is either dead or in jail again or whatever. And they're going to target me and they're going to do a lot of things. I know that. And it's not even that. I didn't want to do that. I don't want to make a living like yeah. that. You're smart enough to make a living other ways. There's a lot of different ways people can make a living. And it's not about making that crazy. Yes, I had crazy money. Crazy money. 
And it, I used to blow. I blew a quarter million in a casino in two weeks. You know, I blew three million in I'm it. I'm playing in a casino tonight. You want to I, I played the Do other night. Come? Yeah. I, I, I played the I played the other night. I, I only play a fifty bucks a hand. You know, and, and I, you know, fifty bucks a hand. And, and it's funny because I said. Um, I used to play a thousand, two thousand a hand. Oh my gosh! Because you didn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, when you're making money, that's just oh. I used to have a limit when my when my safe got under fifty grand. I'm planning another robbery, you know. And uh, <laughs> oh so, my god! You know, and it was just you just then I bought vending machine companies and I bought bars and I well, you gotta loan shark yeah. money. You did yeah. a whole bunch of shit. You did. So let me ask you this. Um, you know, when I when I listened to you on Vlad's podcast, uh, you talked about and how Vlad you- didn't have beer. Yeah, fuck Vlad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear that, Vlad? You only got 4.3 million fucking. Yeah, I know. And you didn't even give me a beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got you uh, bourbon, too. Man. Hey, bourbon, bourbon like, too. Look at this, like, everybody. Yeah, like Joe, go, man. Yeah. I'm taking this with me. You can. Yeah, there it's you for go. you. Yeah, 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 I told you. It's yeah. worth it. This podcast. You do this all the time. Damn right. Damn there. right. <laughs> you can come every single year, Larry. You're there always you welcome at my house. There you go. <laughs> Who needs a pit bull when you have Larry Lott? I want to say this, too. I really want to say this. You got a great setup. Thank you. Studio, uh, I've been in a lot of them, and this is—it's cozy, it's well done. You got—you got a good team here with you, you know, your editor and your your uh, team. I, I don't know who they are, but they're really good. The thank setup you. is cozy and comfortable. Well, and that means a lot. Yeah, thank you so much. And and here's the deal: like uh, I, I've done radio for ten years, and I miss being on the radio. And so this was my outlet for it because I can say whatever the fuck I want. Absolutely, and I get to have cool people like you and Joe on, and. Um, Honestly, it was something that needed to happen. Like I listened to Rogan forever, yeah, and I'm like, I, do I know everybody in the city, right? So it's not a big market, but I am the goddamn Joe Rogan of Cedar Rapids. And if anybody wants to fucking challenge me, I got Larry Lawton that's gonna beat your fucking ass, hey, man, brother. <laughs> you know, you know, you know you, 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 it's true what you're doing. It is an outlet. You know, I what I found, and when when I started YouTube, actually, I have a whole program coming up with with some. Uh, marketers in, in Vegas and all the shit we're doing, how to do YouTube, why to do it, how to, you know, we've studied it. I've studied everything. I was in days and days and days understanding YouTube, understanding algorithms, understanding the whole works. And, but it all came back to what can you do with good people to help people? And that ultimately, I get so many emails. Hey, Larry, you helped me through depression. You helped me through this, the, the pandemic. You helped me through sort of And Joe, what Joe does to me, and that's why I got his shirt on, and I love what he does, and I wish there were more Joes around the whole country. Yes. And what he do, and he's got that gift, too. He's got a gift, and he's got such a good following with this. Yeah. You know, and obviously he's not a tech guy like I'm not. You think I know what, you know, your tech people. I, you know what I know for tech? I talk, you put it up. Yeah, I mean that's about yep. all I know. I can understand it. I did it in the beginning. I I started with an iPhone, and and I said let me just try this. And it's a funny story how I started YouTube. I got screwed by uh, Vanity Fair, and I'm the past Vanity Fair. How's that? Vanity Fair's got <laughs> two point. I think Vanity Fair's got two point four million subscribers. I got one point two. We're gaining thirty thousand subscribers every month. Yeah, and Vanity Fair. Hi, is they they hire me? They call me up and they say, "Hey, Larry, we would want you to do a video on on uh, mob movies and movies and robberies." I said, "Okay, sure." They fly me to New York. They do everything, but they said we can't pay you. But what we'll do is, if we get one hundred fifty thousand to one hundred eighty thousand views, we'll discuss a contract with you. I says, "Okay." And and how views work on YouTube is usually in yep. a three week span is what they do. So I said, "Okay, great deal." I said, "I'll go up." They paid everything, do all that stuff. They still owed me money at the end, but. I go on there, 
do the thing. What a setup they got. The World Trade Center, the new Freedom Tower. Yep. They got the whole 24th floor. It's all studios. Oh, my god. Unbelievable gosh. setup. Because they got all the money in the world. But it's not actually, like this, though. I mean, <laughs> no, this is more comfortable. Yeah. They have Conest Travel owns them. That's okay. the biggest company. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a very big company. So I do this video. We get home. Now, I, uh, I know a lot of people in the industry, in the media industry and stuff. So the video comes out. In three weeks, it gets a million and a half views. Whoa. So I'm saying, okay, I'm waiting for a contract. I was going to sign a contract, maybe 20 grand a month, and then I go up to New York and stuff. They never call. They never do anything. I said, oh, fuck. I'm getting madder and madder. My buddies in the industry called me. Man, did they call you yet? Did they call you yet? No. I said, fuck. So people were finding me somehow. I had no YouTube. I started a YouTube channel right there. Yeah. I start getting people going boom, boom. I said, I got to do something different. I took my book and I narrated my whole book on YouTube and it is called uh, Gangster Redemption Series in my playlist. And it is the most watched playlist right now on all of YouTube, right now. Because people love the way I did it. I actually narrated. And, you know, we even had a bunch of things differently. We started out, I was reading it like a fucking jerk off. Here I am reading it. Who likes to fucking read to begin like that? I lo- I'm a reader, but who wants to read out loud like that kind of shit? I'd listen to you. But I did it differently. I ended up narrating every chapter. I know that I wrote the book. So what I did was I took the chapters and then I went over the chapters in my own way. So you can go on YouTube and uh, so you can you read can listen to the whole book. And then you can listen to you narrate the book. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. And nobody's Dude, ever done that. Nobody yes, ever did that. That is huge, man. Nobody did that. So we did that. It starts blowing up. And I'm going. And, you know, the big thing in YouTube is you're waiting for. 4,000 hours and 1,000 subscribers. That's when you become monetized. Yeah. And we're waiting. And it happens quick. And then by, I think it was January 2020, January sometime, late January 20, I became monetized. So I've only been really doing this monetization for about a year and three months or four months, whatever it is. And so it started blowing up. Vanity Fair. I fucking do a thing. Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. I, I said to them, I, I they, know where this listen, is going. you're like, listen to this. So Vanity Fair calls me up, and I when I went up there in New York, I did two videos for them, but they couldn't use the third, second video without my permission. That was in the contract when I did the two oh, videos. Okay, okay. So they they just sent me an email out of the blue, say, uh, please sign for the second video. I go, what fucking balls on these people? Yeah. They still owe me four hundred ninety one dollars. I I wrote back, of course, me, fucking a nut. Not four ninety two, four hundred. Four ninety one. <laughs> I ended up looking up on LinkedIn. The COO, the CEO, all of the of Conest Travel. I email them all with that thing. I reply, but I email them all. I says, not nicely, nicely. Not only no, I says you guys are the most unprofessional company. You still owe me four hundred ninety-one dollars. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. Blah, blah. No, you have no permission. Period to do anything with me. At this time, I'm starting to grow like a son of a bitch. I'm loving it. It's the most gangster thing I've heard you say. (laughs) So so listen to this. So I ended up, uh, 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 within a week, I get a check for $491. Jesus. (laughs) I really do. I get a check for four. I I didn't even know what it was. What am I getting a check for $491? I got the check, (laughs) and and I'm laughing. And uh, I I heard that a few people were fired over the whole thing, but I mean, it doesn't do me any good. But they couldn't buy me for thirty, forty thousand a month because it's not worth it. Because one, I own everything I do. Number one, which is awesome. You know, it's great to have that control. Yeah. You know, when you do it, and you know everything we go and the fans we have and the people who write you Same. and help you, it, it's amazing. You know, it's it's just a great thing. But Brian, Brian said, 
when I was asking to see if you get on there, you know, he's like, uh, well, do I have to go through anyone? I said, no, Larry's his own man. He's yeah. the man. And, 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 you know, I have to ask those questions because I've been in the industry for 25 years and I'm like, right. so if, if he puts this on his YouTube channel, who do I got to talk to, to make sure that this is cleared? And, and Joe goes, no one and i'm like fuck yeah all right yeah i'm 100 percent down for it because my son does all my production and, and, you know, and i'm proud of and him we're I'm proud self, of you you're we're good, cell-phoned good for you guys yeah. man you know I, I i say that i have a great team i have a manager who built the company to 30 million dollars i grew up with him i grew up with the guy and he built the company he invented affiliate marketing and he's my manager and he's a great i love the guy my editor i found he found me and i got my son and a couple of people, that's it. Very small. But we have meetings like you do, Zoom meetings and, yeah. and whatever we do. And every and they know how I am. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it anyway, whether we try it or this. Because we, we, the reason we're growing, a lot of people slow down growth. The reason we're not slowing down growth is because we expanded, not just prison. Yeah. We do movie reviews. We do Q&As. We do uh, podcasts. We, do, we have a podcast. We got a million downloads, whatever it is. So we're doing different things to find like i'm doing a crypto thing i'm doing everything yeah. so we're trying to expand so we're not stale now of course you're not gonna everybody's some people want me just to do prison stories some people want me to just do robbery stories some people want me to sure. do but no everybody it's it, it's a big umbrella right and if you have to expand your umbrella if you don't you're gonna keep to a niche which is okay a lot of them do but the ones that 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 really grow whether it was like rogan <laughs> my lawyer says to me he goes we get an offer. He goes, Larry, we got an offer. You know, a lot of these companies now are trying to compete on online. He goes, well, you know, at $6 million, he goes, why do it? Are you bored? I said, no. Do you like what you do? Yes. He goes, you're more, more than 10% of Joe Rogan already. Joe Rogan started in 2013. He's great. I mean, I'd love to go on his show. He's great. Yeah. And I like the way he interviewed. And you I, will be. I, I will. You will and we're going to party show. like a motherfucker when I'm on his show. I'll get fucking yeah. stoned with him. He'll let you smoke but, weed in his oh, studio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. I, 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 I will, too. I got my too. son here. I can't let you. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, you can. No, he, he can, he, he'll give me the shit. He probably got better <laughs> shit than we do. But the, uh, yeah, come on. He's 16. No, the, uh, I, I always say with kids, I do promote this, though. You got a 16-year-old. Oh, I, I, I do promote this. I tell young kids with weed. I, I'm a proponent of weed. I think it should be legal. I saw people in prison. It, that it shit will be. is wrong, yeah. of course. But no, I tell them with kids' brains are not developed. I, I think there has to be a sure. limit and all that. But anyway, we're 10% of Joe Rogan already. Why would I do it? He sold for a hundred million. He's he, he, he hundred million. He pays you thirty five thousand dollars an episode. He gets seventy thousand an episode. Well, I know he. I know he signed for ten to a hundred million. Right. And I don't like. Why would I sign for less than ten million if I if I'm already ten percent of him earlier? Well, go on his show for thirty five grand. I didn't know he gives you thirty five grand. Yeah. I'll definitely go on. I'll fly myself. He had, he, no, he'll fly you out there. Elon Musk has been on there. I'll take. Uh, I know he smoked weed with Elon yeah, Musk. Yeah, yeah, everybody was cool. freaking out about that. They're like, they do why ask it? They do. They do uh, ass and mushrooms. Yeah, They're fucking crazy. Him and all guys. his uh, comedian buddies. Oh god, yeah, yeah. It, like after they get done with their uh, sober October, they do a bunch oh, no, of no, mushrooms listen, and everything. He, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was smart. You know, we were the fastest growing channel on YouTube. Non-celebrity, meaning like you're not talking about like Arnold Schwarzenegger open up or something like that. Non-celebrity, we were the fastest growing channel on YouTube. And people ask, how do you do it? You got to be real. 
you got to be real. You have to obviously the story or whatever you do and what you do. And and don't fucking hold back. I know some people say, oh, fuck, I would never let my kid listen to that because, you know, I don't believe it. Okay, then don't fucking listen to me. It's a big world out there. There's yeah. seven fucking billion people on this planet. I think four billion have fucking YouTube. I mean, YouTube's the biggest platform in the world, Correct. period. Not Correct. even close. Correct. And it's only growing. So it's only so, growing. So, Larry... Again, thank you for coming on my podcast. Don't thank me. I'll do it what again. What made we'll... you come down to my humble abode here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa? And Joe Sample. Joe Sample. Let's the... go to Joe. Yes. Let's because... go to Joe. He's got my hat on, though. I got yeah, like yeah, that. I tried to buy one, and I had to buy I got, it from you know, Germany. I got church, yeah. yeah. What do you mean from Germany? I, I don't get tried, that. I went online to try to try to buy it and like have it expedited here so I could have it for the fucking show. Uh, shit, I'll Jeez. get him a shit. I would yeah, and, then, a and then it was in this German website. It was all in German. And no, I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to buy this. We use yeah. t- we use Teespring. I know. On our That's platform. what it was. It was Teespring, but it's in a German f- platform. I no. swear to God. Yeah. I got to fucking ask my manager about that. Yeah. I because I was trying to get one of those because on this green screen behind you here that, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you're not going to see this, but then the video part of it, it's going to be your logo in the back. Oh, cool. Right on, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. on this green screen back here. Do, do you like our logo? Yes, I love it, man. It's a My fucking... editor designed that. Yeah, you know, it's so good. The yeah. crooked diamond, obviously. Yeah. And, it, and now we just, you know, we got all the shit and, and shirts and hats and all that kind of crap. So and... Xander's going to do that for you. He's going to have it on the green screen, but we got Joe Sample here who made this motherfucking shit happen yeah. because thank you, man. Oh, my God. Like, this is so cool. You guys, that's his, that's your step uncle. I, I call him my uncle. Yeah, but, uh, that's what you've always said. So I was in uh, Florida about a month ago, and we did a big YouTube post on uh, Be Like I Joe. I seen it. I seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he was like, you know, I want to make this across the board. And it's more like this morning, I went to a rotary in uh, Cedar Rapids and uh, did a, I was a guest speaker for the rotary at Cedar yeah. Rapids at Cedar Rapids Country Club. And uh, it's just about getting the word out of helping local places and one of my big things is paying it forward paying it forward like either whether it's buying 10 cups of coffee for the next people in there makes a person's day some people might be having a bad day all of a sudden they hear oh my coffee is free something a little like that can make a person from uh, i gotta ask you that we know that part let me how did you start be like Joe. Like I, I know what it's about. Be like Joe to let, let, let everybody know. Money. He took his stimulus money. But be like Joe was going to local restaurants and help support them because they were down for the COVID and they were locked down. Someone had just delivery or whatever. Right? We everyone should understand that. What made you do that? Like there had to be something in your heart or something in your your spirit that said, "I got to help somebody." Like you're not a, a media guy. You're not a, a a YouTube guy like myself or whatever. And how, what made you do that? I've been a local Cedar Rapids my whole life. My wife lost her job at the salon and at, at Emo Sideway. And uh, a lot of other people that are friends with me that own restaurants were dying. They didn't know what to do. They're, I mean, they're, they're losing everything, right? They, they you were a fat fuck back then, too, a year ago. Yeah. You were a big fat He looks fuck. good I, Doesn't he look good? I got, I got, making me feel bad, man. I, got, I, got, I got so fat. <laughs> I was the heaviest I weighed this fall after COVID. Heaviest I weighed. And I was at a point where either... I had to buy new clothes or lose some fucking weight. So, no, but to, when he was with me, he was sucking it in. Yeah. <laughs> of course so. Of course so. I said, "Fuck it, Joe, you look good." He goes, "Yeah, I look good. Give me that picture." <laughs> you remember that? That was a good picture. <laughs> Excuse me. So my brother lives in Florida with Larry now, Paul Sample, and uh, he's uh, these guys hang out together and stuff. I flew back uh, Thanksgiving. We had a great fucking time with all of our family and stuff, and uh, he's like. 
part of the family. I mean, he's, he's yeah. Well, he is your family. Yeah, he's been dating my aunt for fucking twelve years yeah. and, and thirteen November. And, yeah, and I tell you what, right before we came to your show today, uh, he stopped over at my house and uh, my de- my daughter Devin, who's eleven years old. Fucking loves him. Oh, yeah. Loves How him. Did you not love this guy? Yeah. I mean, we have fun. She, she I love did, kids. He did a TikTok for her in like oh, cool. in three minutes. There was like 300 likes. So she oh, just, yeah. it blew her world out of the world. But yeah. anyways, yeah. But the whole deal is, uh, you know, paying for and helping helping local people out and, uh, you know, just support local. You know, there's so many. I, I went to over 200 restaurants in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, I never did. knew. Usually you have six or seven places you go to yeah. and that's it. So everyone reach out. And try to try a different place, you know. Go two or three times more than you're going right now, you know. You've done an amazing job of helping the local community here. Uh, but so have you by helping him pass the word. Yeah, and you know I, get, I mean? That, I get, that, I get it's all a team effort. I always say that. My team, everybody's team. So Amanda Ray Campbell was on here, and she was my number one listen to podcast until Joe Sample. Oh, and then yeah. Joe Sample surpassed that. Well, we're going to pass you, Joe. We're gonna get I know I'm, I'm we will today. I, I, I I'm the posters. I'm going to have my yeah. team on no, there. Posters. I mean, like, I only have, like, 5,500, like, uh, subscribers. Okay? Right. You know, for this town, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't have good. a huge that, budget. Remember, yeah. you, you yeah. could say that, but that multiplies. Yeah. I mean, 5,500 is really right. times four. Isn't Larry, Larry, Larry told me when I was there a month ago and we did the YouTube thing, he's like, Joe, I'm going to be down there for one day for you for your birthday, which today is my yeah. birthday. Happy yes. birthday, happy Joe. Happy birthday, yeah. Joe Sample. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy you know, I'm in an RV. I try. I have a a, a 38 foot RV. You drove up here. Yep, I have oh, no a shit. I have a 38 foot RV. I travel in. That's and a it's big, beautiful. fucking incredible. Oh, I saw it today. Two, Unreal. It's got two bathrooms and king size bed. Who has two bathrooms in an RV? Right. <laughs> yeah, four TVs. One to shit in, one to piss in. <laughs> well, would you expect anything different? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, you know, and, and I love it. And and when we were doing this trip, you know, Teresa's from Iowa, so I said, okay, let's we'll stop in Iowa. And when I knew I was stopping in Iowa, I said, Joe, we got a party for your birthday and hang out and whatever. And he goes, yes, definitely. And then he said, hey, you got a friend. I said, sure, whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, we're going to do. It's your birthday. And he does it because he, he wants to help more and more people. That's just his heart. Yeah. And, and you don't get that. Most people just want to, you know. And I get some. I do get some people get, you know, either overwhelmed. But he's not. He, he understands his community like you do. You understand your community. But I do think. With your show, I love this fucking set. Yeah, Whatever you do, you. <laughs> you need to expand. I he's, think people need to expand. He's so humble with everything, and he gets a lot of attention now. Like he is Cedar Rapids famous, right? He's probably more Cedar Rapids famous than I am. Which I don't is, know about that. You aren't all the time. Uh, right? How often do you do you do, do, do you? We, uh, this air? is episode sixty-eight. I mean, how often is it? Once a week, twice a week, three times a week? Um, I, I started in two thousand nineteen, so we have sixty-eight episodes in two years. I'm trying uh, to think, we got like we post three times a week. But yeah. Now we we started it once a week, obviously, right? And then we we upped our game, and then and it's work. People, I love people think, oh, it's not. You know how much work yeah. it is. You I know, mean, it's a, your it's son knows how much work he, it is. He works his ass off. I yeah. bet he does. And I'll tell you what, I'm proud of your son. I don't know, him, but he, he he's good. Yeah. And I love that he's doing. But it I've been DJing yet. twenty twenty six years now. Um, I've been on the radio ten years. And uh, when I met Joe, like, he didn't know me from anybody when he came to here. And it was weird at first. And then he loosened up and was like, okay, cool. And he told me all his stories. And I love this guy. Like, he is now my friend. And I remember being out with my friends here and there because I don't go out very much. I, I'm a homebody. And people are like, that's Joe Sample. That's Joe Sample. <laughs> and I was like, who the fuck is Joe Sample? Like, 
wait a minute. My friends are telling me who this guy is? Like, he's Cedar Rapids famous. And he's famous for a great reason. Not because he's trying to get money. Right. Because he's helping everybody. And this is what it's all about. I love this. You know, you're 100% right. And mo most people do, if you do things because you want to do them in passion and everything else, I've never, even my, myself, I never looked at it now. The money does come in. I'm not c crying yeah, about it. Yeah, you're good. But I, d I love that, you know, I told my team, I said, no matter what we do, we have to end on positive notes. Yeah. We have to do things outside the box, whether it's podcasts or is this or, or whether we're not going to look at. Like, we know, I know when I get 50,000 views in a day, I know it's going to be a big, big one. So most of them will get 20, 30,000, 15,000, depending, which is a lot. But it's, you know, we use a lot. It, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. In a day. I'm talking in a day or two or whatever it is. But I don't look at it like that. I look at it like... Where is the positivity? Or and you have to be willing to try different things. Hundred percent. Like I, I've done videos where they don't do that good at all, and I says that's ah, good. It's experience. We see what doesn't work, what right. works. We do analysts. We do. We we have analytics that are, are very good. You know, you can really do analytics. And when you follow your analytics, and then you slowly start. Like my audience is perfect. My audience is eighteen to forty-five, which is eighty-five percent male. That's, that's why advertisers love you. I mean, that's you know? why advertisers yeah. love me. Yeah, because it's eighteen to forty-five. Right. You're talking about male, ninety-six percent male, eighteen to forty-five. That's like that's like advertisers' dreams, and we have that now. I don't want to go away from it, but I want to keep expanding it. Maybe eighteen to fifty-five. Sure. And it's and you, it's hard. It's hard. You, you know. You know. Yeah, I think so. It's hard though. You know, because what an eighteen-year-old likes. A 50-year-old looks at him and says, what the fuck is that? No, but your stories are so interesting, Larry. Oh, his stories are great. Yeah, I, I yeah. watch them all the time. I mean, his stories, how can you not be attracted to someone that's been in the experience of a prison and has all those stories, and then now he's helping young kids yeah. make the right decisions 100%. so they're not in his shoes yeah, 10 years I, I, down the I don't road. Know, I don't want anybody to get... To, to go to prison to think it's a joke because it's totally it's not. not. Oh, come on. I was strapped down naked. He had, I, beaten. Did you read my book? Yeah, I did. Uh, I'm no, reaching I out to him. Book, I tell you what, I've I've I called him. So many of your my interviews. aunt Jackie yeah. started dating him and I called no, out for no, my no. son. Boy, Teresa's going to get mad at that. Yeah. I'm going to okay. read this. Oh, oh, yeah, Teresa. I'm sorry. Teresa. <laughs> so, Teresa, so she started. So, <laughs> I had my son in high school, as normal, a high school kid does crazy things, right? Nothing either normally. But I reached out to Larry, thanks to Teresa, she's like, hey, talk to Larry. And obviously he's a big name. And I'm like, I'm blessed to have this. He sent me yeah. the book down for my son to read. Mm. And we had a conversation and stuff because we were struggling, you know, with just, you know, just the general things of kids. And uh, it really helped. I mean, his book helped. He read, my, my son was, I mean, he got a 28 on his ACT. I think I got like a freaking 21 so he's a smart kid yeah. and he loved reading books and he read his book and you know what I, it made a difference so i'm, I'm gonna read it and i don't read books do you know the book let me tell you about the book quickly right. i did the book with an eight-time new york time best-selling author peter goldenbuck it took us two years to write it and that book is 100 percent true there's no fluff there's no bullshit you're looking me and, straight in the eyes and tell me i'm that. telling I, you I, and I not only you. that yeah we gotta read this. It, it's a very hard <laughs> read what i mean by that it's easy read but I was a bad guy. I really was. And the first five, seven chapter, whatever it is, I, you're going to learn. You're going to know how to rob a jewelry store. You're going to know how to do bad things. And it's, but you have to open yourself up to the, to the being abused as a kid, to everything that happened to me. 
So it, it's it's a very hard book in the beginning, but everybody, I'll give a quick story. I just talked to him this morning, a judge friend of mine. Uh, I was golfing with the judge, and the judge uh, gets the book, and he goes, he says to me, one day we're at a big function. He's a great friend of mine. He goes, you know, Larry, I read your book. You only got convicted for 10% of what you did. He goes, but your turnaround is what what, what made me wanna you my my book or my program? I have the reality check program yeah. is used in court systems. Yeah, it's literally sentenced. Kids get sentenced to my program. And you're an honorary police officer. I'm the only ex-con in the United States who's an honorary police officer, and the only ex-con in the United States who's recognized on the floor of the United States Congress. Yeah. that's not in the book because the book ended in 2012, and that happened in 2013. Actually, Missouri. Uh, the actually the head of law enforcement, the whole state of Missouri, swore me in, in in Lake St. Louis, which is right outside St. Louis, at a police department. Great guy. They they came and vetted, and I wouldn't go with any police department because any police department that doesn't want to help and they just want to arrest, go fuck yourself. You know, cops Amen need to, to be that. More, cops need to be more proactive with helping. Yeah. Not just arrest. You know, how many bad cops do we have out there? God damn. You know, well, I mean, it's a shame. You know, yeah. it's a shame, but, you know, there's good cops. There's a lot there's, of good there's, cops. There's, there's good a lot cops. of, a lot of great cops. cops. There's good cops. Yeah. But it's a shame. Here's the problem I have, and I tell police departments all the time, and I train them, is you know who the bad fucking guys are. Yeah. Why aren't you cleaning your own house? Yeah. 100%. Listen, if you got a company of 100 people, you know who the fucking slackers are. You yep. know who the people are bad it's are. It's usually a small amount. And, and Very small amount. Clean that small but they got to clean them yep. themselves. Yep. The minute they cover for them, they become the bad guys themselves. Because why should you arrest me for pot or whatever you're going to arrest me yeah. for when you're not Especially arresting your fucking butt? Oh, that's the biggest, stupidest yeah. fucking thing in the world. Don't I know, I know how you one. feel about that. Well, you know, it's not that... Listen, I, I have a medical marijuana car and all that to be, you know, level. It's not even that. It's everything I think... Everything is responsible. If you told any kid today, people ask me why I have the highest success rate with kids in the whole country. I, I have a program called the Reality Chick Program. Yep. And I didn't do these numbers. A college came in and said, could we get your dad and we want to do a, a quantitative analysis on your, on your program. I said, sure. So I gave him the dad. Came back, we have the highest success rate of any program in the country. And people ask me why. I said, because I never tell a kid, don't do something. Yeah. I tell a kid, if you do this, this can happen, or this will happen, or this sure. might happen, whether it's your son. I don't say to your kid, don't do something. Because the minute you tell a kid, don't do something. They're going to do they're it. They're going to fucking do yeah. it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, and you know, how, how, how about us when we were younger? You know, here's the thing. Um, what, what I'm finding crazy now that I have two teenagers. I, you know, his oh, you have, four, you have another one. Okay. 14. I got a daughter. I got a son yeah. and daughter. Um, same with me. Son and and uh, we've talked about this, right? They know how I feel about pot. They know that I think it should be legal, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, but uh, but I they're work, also 16. Well, I work for uh, a store called Hy-Vee. Um It's a big grocery chain here biggest grocery chain big local grocery chain awesome really yeah. it's, local it's, you buy from there yeah they have great steaks cool. everything yeah. i run the wine and spirits department oh the alcohol yeah. Yeah. i'm liking that yeah so here's the deal. i gotta go there and i've worked with them since 1998 um wow. and uh, i've worked with a lot of young people and every young kid that i come in contact with uh, within the last 10 years they're like we don't want to drink alcohol anymore because the repercussions are so strong and so big, and it makes you fat, is what they say. They're like, we smoke weed. We eat weed now. We Yeah, we, oh yeah, edibles, you know, sure. Exactly. And, um, and I'm like, I'm not even mad about it. 
Like yeah, but see, even alcohol. I tell young people they ask well, alcohol me. Alcohol is horrible for you. Oh, alcohol is the same drug. Anybody who says we shouldn't have pot, I ask. I go right to the alcohol. Should we have alcohol? If they say yes, then I said then you're fucked up because alcohol is actually worse well, than the, pot. But the, the government numbers. had to make that legal in order to make money off of it because they could not regulate it from 1920 to 1920 yeah, exactly or 1932, right. and they tried to. And the same things happening with the marijuana. But here's the problem, and and I I don't mean a problem. I don't believe kids should be smoking pot. And, and they, they look at me and they go, what do you mean? I'll tell you why. There, there has to be a number. Because first of all, we all know, psychologists or people in my business who work with young people know, the male brain does not develop until it's 25. That's Correct. fact. And they That's shouldn't what, smoke weed till then. Well, it's not even that. I mean, whatever number we put. I don't believe we should be taking kids at 20 years old and putting them in Afghanistan and killing somebody. And all of a sudden, they come back and we, we don't help them. You know they're going to be fucked up. 100% true. You know they're going to be fucked up. But you, you got to have some number. So whatever the number is going to be, 21, 20, whatever it is, because some are different. But the female brain matures at 23. At what point do we say, I mean, at 16, 15, then they don't even understand fucking jacking off yet. I mean, you know, <laughs> really think about it. I love kids. You know, I know everything. You, you got know, put in the hole for. You know, you know, you know that. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I actually got put in the hole for fucking jack. Can you believe that shit? But I won that case, you know. I know you sued the. Uh, I sued the prison the penal I get, system. <laughs> I, I get put in prison for masturbating in my cell alone, fucking in my bed, and I fucking at one in the morning. At one in the fucking morning, like who doesn't jack off in prison? <laughs> I don't give a shit who if you're a female or a male. Who the fuck doesn't jack? Anyway, they, they were really after me. I found out later. Yeah. I've done uh, uh, shows. You ever listen to my show with the guard Massey? No, I haven't yet. There was a guard. Listen to this. I, I get I get a fucking my son gets a message on Instagram. Says, My dad was my dad was your your dad's prison guard and he says he knows you and he was a good guy. And it this guy Massey. He ends up going to prison himself, this guard does. What? For bringing in creatine oh, and just, and uh, creatine and something. I forget what it was. That's just but anyway, deal. he shouldn't have went to prison. But he's a good dude. Actually, here's what happened. I made prison pasta. I don't know if you heard that episode. I make prison pasta with a stinger and, and how did we did it in prison. And this one girl goes, Dad, I watched this meal you make us from this guy in prison. Massey says... That guy taught me how to make it. No shit. Swear to God. So you got to listen to the episode. It's a great I have episode. To. I have His to. name is, is Gary Massey. I've interviewed him now five, five. He's a great guy. And uh, he was, he talks about, he remembers how when I, when I attacked somebody and he remembers everything. And he says, listen to me, he goes, uh, you know, we're, we're all the same. Meaning, like the people, yeah. we're all the same, like us, and and we are. He's a good dude. I, I respect him. He respects me. We see each other. I go to Georgia and I see him. He's still. I was in Jessup when I went crazy and I go back to the penitentiary. I I throw shit at a fucking uh, a unit manager and I'm fighting the whole prison. I ripping my shirt off. I was crazy, you know. And Massey was in the in the lounge when it happened. He goes, "Ah, oh, fuck that girl. She hated the. He hated the." The, the lady that I was attacking this unit manager and he didn't even come around. Then he saw it was me and, and he goes, ah, that's Lawton. He'll be all right. You know, they'll take him to the hole. And they put me in a hole for about, a, I was in the hole for three years. Yes. Yes. So, so let's talk about that real quick here. You were in the hole, which if nobody knows what the hole or the shoe is, it is where you are in solitary confinement completely with no 
lights except for what's on above you, mostly. Maybe some places have a window. Um, no, they have a window, but it's fogged out. Yeah. You can't see out of it. So they put me in the hole when I was in jail for a month. Ah, you don't want to tell your son yeah, now. Come no, on. Yeah, Break no. it out. No, Break it the out. The reason why they put me in the hole is because they wanted a piss test, and I had pee fright. Oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. Pee. That's legit. And so I tried to take a shit. I couldn't pee. I was just. That like, is legit. Yeah. You know? And so they threw me in the hole because for two days. And then finally I was like knocking on the door and I'm like, come on, let's do this. I got it. And and nothing compared to three years for you, man. I like I was in there I two days in county and everything else. Like, so I understand like they, they'll throw you in there for fucking nothing. Oh, you know, you got thrown in the hole for jacking off. I got thrown in the hole for a friend of mine died. The worst one when, I, when oh they started beating me. And uh, a friend of mine, Jimmy, Jim Arch, uh, never forget this in my life. I always say it's what's on my bracelet. I'll never forget. But Jim Arch used to sell a couple cells for me. Now, he was having chest pains and down his arms, everything else. And uh, he goes to the medical. They Get out of here! Get out of here! Then he, his own guard that worked with—they call him CMS. He worked in the like the maintenance department of the prison. They send him to the hole. I mean, to, to the hospital because he's hurt and he looks pale. He's stuff. He goes to the medical department. They give him Maylock to say, "You got gas? Get out of here!" He yeah. walks into the unit. Now I'm sitting there with a guy named Jimmy Brown. We got four TVs. We're watching him. He walks in. He looks right at us and he goes, "I'm dying." We grab him. We put him on a chair. He keels off the chair and dies. What? Dies right there from the medical department. So they come. Once that happens, we're screaming, and they're screaming, lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. And, and every, when they say that, you got to go to your cell or whatever. So now we, I, my cell was two two cells from the main door coming in on the, on the ground floor. They come in. They get them. Now, I've seen many people die. When you die, you excrete yourself. Sure. You know, yeah, so. you yeah. Right. So you, you'll piss or shit yourself, whatever it is. Wait a minute. You've seen many people die. Yeah, many, many. At least, well, 20. Now, I mean, I'm not trying to get into this, but holy shit. I've seen like two people die. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people die. And two are my grandparents. I, I've <laughs> seen one die. So we're sitting there, and, and now Jimmy's lays down. Now they come, they they come down with a golf cart, they put them on a stretch, and they're laughing on the way back. Come out. I was so fucking pissed. So they're anyway, laughing? they were laughing. They were just doing their thing, and they didn't give a fuck about him. So they take him away. Now they come to every one of the cells, and they said, you know, to interview you. And they say, uh, you saw him hit his head. I said, fuck you. You killed him as quick as you fucking shoot somebody. Cuff up. They put that me was in the was you saying that? Yeah. yeah. And I told him, fuck you. They were interviewing me. That and was they through the hole, though. You had to put your cuffs on. No, 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 no. no. Had, right then. the door open? Yeah, right oh, then, because yeah. they were just interviewing us. They take me to the hole. They take me to the hole. They put me in the hole. because you didn't agree with them? Right. Because yeah. I wouldn't fucking believe their Unreal. bullshit story. I ended up going to a hole. I was beaten once a month. I was strapped down naked. Wow, look at me. I'm fucking getting chills. I was strapped down naked like this beaten. Guard took his dick out, peed on my face. What the fuck? Spit on me. Uh, they kept saying, keep writing Senator's Law. Look at me. I'm fucking getting... I see your I see your goosebumps right now. Fucking hey, unreal. That is not right. They fucking and, and you know I was beaten once oh a month. Oh my gosh! I was beaten once a month for about six months, and I knew they were coming. Okay, to look get at me. those goosebumps right there. I was you fuck, can see I, it. I was fucking shocked. I'm I was pissed concussion off just grenade. About it. Yeah. And it, 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 and they're the fucking that you know I I fucking get and it got me madder and madder. I was fighting them physically, and I couldn't beat them, and I ended up beating them by becoming educated. 
yeah. getting my degree, writing senators, writing lawyers. I'm lucky I had family on the outside too that supported me and were writing for me and helping me. And once that happens, then they notice people on the outside. Because let me tell you something, our prison system is so fucked. You know, we have the worst prison system in the free world. That's fact. Yeah. That's not even fucking me saying it. Mm -hmm. I mean, numbers-wise, uh, abuse-wise, Norway, Germany, France, England, uh, Italy, all Sweden. normal countries, Sweden. I'm not talking third-world countries, fucking, you know, uh, El Salvador or some shit. I'm talking about regular countries. We have the worst prison system in the free world. Agreed. And now, that's facts. I mean, I could give you numbers. I can get into this. I've done that. Now, when they did this to me, I ended up getting harder and harder. Of course. I just got, I mean, I was one of these guys that did, they tried to break me. Matter of fact, that we had a guy in the hole across from my cell. He had no legs. And he fucking, he was a veteran, a black guy, about 50. And uh, they didn't feed him. They let him piss and shit himself. And I had a lieutenant who was in charge of the hole back up to my door, hold a camera, and say, Lord, because he knew I was writing senators. If anybody saw this video, somebody in here would be in jail, meaning the administration. So he's trying to get the guy out. This oh, lieutenant. so he was helping him. He was trying to get him out, yeah. but he, they weren't even listening to him. Of course, what do I fucking do? I write the media. Yeah. I write everybody. And sure enough, they print it. They print a whole article about it. And it was in, uh, uh, fucking, I don't remember. Arctic Beacon. It was the article. Arctic Beacon article. And, and I explained the whole shit in the article. And it gets published. Boy, did they hate me. Well, I ended up getting out of the hole because I had senators. And, and I can tell you the senators, everybody, they were fighting, asking for investigations. And once that happens, they get real nervous. Sure. So I get out of the hole. Now, when you get out of the hole... You are white as a ghost because you haven't seen sun in fucking months and months. You you are like pale as pale can be. Even black guys become white. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> it really is. It's almost like that. It's probably true, yeah. It's almost like this. So I go, I'm on the yard, and you could barely walk. Cause you, 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 your muscles. Your muscles. Unless every, you're exercising. Oh, no, and we did. Yeah. I, I got pictures. I'll, I'll give you some how pictures. How big is that hole? Well, eight, eight by ten. Okay. And then you never leave. Fucking, I love that. Oh, you're supposed to get wrecked. They don't give it weather. And they have a great saying in prison. For the safe and orderly uh, running of the institution, we're canceling wreck. Well, whatever fuck they say. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. So anyway, I'm on the yard. I'm just trying to stretch. And I was actually smoking a Denable cigar. I'm a cigar smoker. So I uh, smoking Denable cigar. And uh, we work in, in a uh, associate warden. Lawton, Lawton. Calls me over. I don't give a fuck. Throw me back in the hole. I didn't give a fuck at this point. I go over. And he goes, we need you to uh, stop this shit. You know, writing senators. Right? I said, what are you even talking about? He goes, listen, if you stop writing senators, you do everything. We'll give you a, a what they call a get out of jail free card, which means you can get caught gambling, doing shit in the prison. Yeah, doing don't, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. You, give me a single cell, which is like fucking gold in prison. It's like a suite. Oh, yeah. fucking let me, you know, you live in a single cell. And he goes, and we'll put you in whatever prison you want to go to. And I said, go fuck yourself. Go tell that to the senators. Ah, yes. Go tell that to the senators. Yeah. I walk away. Yes. I walk away. I leave. I end up finding out he gets fired. A couple other people got fired. I don't know if they got indicted or whatever because they had an investigation in the prison. And fucking, I get transferred. They fuck with me the next person. They I was on what they call diesel therapy in prison. Yeah. I was on Con Air 16 times. 16, 16 times. Con not, Air. Not like fucking, uh, it's what's not his name, Nicholas, Con Air. You know, yeah. No, no. Yeah. This is Con Air where you fucking, I used to tell the young kids coming on Con Air, I said, don't eat that, kid. And they go, what do you mean, AOG? I said, don't eat that. You're going to have to shit on this plane. They ain't fucking taking you out of fucking goddamn cuffs. And you ain't going to shit. I mean, I'm, where are you going to wipe your fucking ass? It's, it's crazy. 
So I was going to say, kind of, they would lose your paperwork. They would lose your legal work. They do everything in the fucking do to try. I was, I'm such a. Or they a, just drive you around or fly you around the country and yeah, and yeah, put you right oh back. yeah, uh, exactly. I, I was fucking so hard headed. I still am in my own way. If I got it in my head, I'm not going to fucking quit. You got to kill me, and that's just my nature. And I never quit. Larry, I, I feel quit. like you beat the fucking system, man. I 100% agree. I don't think I beat the system. No, I you, exposed you, the system. You beat it better than than most. He survived okay. the system. I survived it, and, too. And, and, then, and, then, and then made a better thing for yes. everyone out there and, and exposes the system. And Our system book, is so broke, Joe. You know, our system yeah. It's 100% is, broken. It really is 100%. broke. 100%. There's, you know, we in the United States don't think about rehabilitation. We think only punishment. And we need to, like I told people who, you know. So they, when you got out, tell me that story. Okay. It's, oh, it's, it, it's funny because, like, what I try to tell people is this. I says, listen, yes, you're a harder crime. The guy's fucking committed. I was a bad guy. Yes, you did a lot of time. But, you know, you're a criminal. You should be in fucking prison. I said, who do you want coming out of prison? A guy that doesn't give a fuck. He's going to live next to you. When he can't get a job, he's going to fucking rob you and kill you. And fucking, oh, do you want a guy who... Who wants to be a productive member right. of society, paying taxes, doing everything, wants to help you. Who do you want? Who do you want living next to you? I want the guy that's got hope, who wants to do it, and he wants to do the right thing. I don't want the fucking psychopath Correct. coming next to me. Yeah. And that's a problem. We, we, you know, when you don't give people, and I don't want to hand up, nobody does. Ex-cons are very, very innovative people. They ran drug company. I mean, they ran drug corners. They're smart they, they, people. They're smart people. Yeah. Don't think they're stupid. Now, especially in the feds. The feds were the big boys. And I love people say, oh, the feds were easier. See, I, I already have it up there. You know, I just... We, <laughs> you just posted a Sopranos thing. Did you know, I think yeah, one yeah. of our posts today... Yeah, uh, yeah. I we got to get a picture under it, you know, the we Sopranos will. way. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. we just posted... I just did a Sopranos review. Yeah. It came out today. Today we're taping this... Uh, so if you're going to talk about today. James Gottolfini, you go. Oh, that poor guy. Yeah, he and, died uh, too young. But, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> All he does is breathe in the whole fucking season. I love that show. I love that show. Anyhow, but uh, you got out. So, oh, when I got out, I was so institutionalized. You know, this, this, is, this is a true story. I get out. I, I was in Forest City, Arkansas. And when I'm in Forest City, Arkansas. Does anybody know where Forest City, Arkansas is? Who the fuck knows where Arkansas is? <laughs> Fuck, sorry, Arkansas. So I get out of Forest City, Arkansas, and I want to get on a bus. I'm going to a halfway house in Tampa, right. Florida, because there's none in the East Coast. And I want to take a bus without shackles and fucking sure. handings. Yeah. I want that. So I said, okay, I want to. I had money in my account. I they give like you 12 two, bucks. No, $25. Oh, $25. You have what you have, yeah. you get that's called gate money. But I had money in my account. So I had like 250 bucks or whatever in my account. So they give you all that cash. So they take you out before they even open the doors at five in the morning. They take you down. They start processing you. Now I'm going to a halfway house, and I didn't have any clothes coming in. I didn't want any. I wanted to go to real fucking deal. So they give you a fucking a jeans, a white shirt, a fucking bubble sneakers. What the fuck you don't know? But they give me my money, right? <laughs> so they, they hand me this. my money, and the first thing I say to the guy says, "Where do I cash it in?" He looks at me. I go, "What do you mean?" I go, "Where do I cash this in? This is fake money." He goes. No, it's real money. I said, fuck you. Give me my fucking money. I swear to God. I said, you were serious. Oh, I was serious. A fucking hard day. Remember, I went to prison in 96. Yeah. When I got out, money was different, big, colors, all this shit. Yeah. None yeah. of that shit was around. None of that shit was yeah. around. I go, this is fake. This looks like Monopoly money. Where do I cash it in? Where do I cash it? Just give me my. 
They convinced me it's real money. I go, I still trust them. I take the money. They give me a bus pass. They take you down, uh, a, a bus ticket. They take you down to the fucking stop at 5 to 8. The bus is there at 8. They want you out of their fucking town. So I get on the bus. I sit down. There's a blonde chick. I'll never forget her. So she's sitting down. I go, fuck. So I ain't seen a fucking woman in forever. I said, so holy good. fucking shit. I said, oh, shit. Now, nothing bad. I'm, I like. I sit down next to the girl. She's looking at me. She know, gotta be, she's got to be seeing this guy's fucking crazy. So I sit down. And I'm You're looking, all tatted up. And oh, everything. fucking yeah. tatted up. I look like a fuck. I'm still pale as a ghost. I say to the girl, I says, hey, she has a, I'll never forget. She has a razor flip phone. I said, can I see that? She looks at me. Who the she fuck gave says it to it? you. Yeah. If you said, get the fuck. She's looking at the psychopath. She gives me the phone. I'm thinking, how can these fucking fat fingers touch this phone? <laughs> now, you got to remember, when I went to prison, I had the, you remember the gray fucking phone? It was the Nokia. Motorola. Oh, oh, the, yeah. oh yeah. And it the had big like the gray, big gray yeah. phone. Came in a battery thing. You had to put I, it on I, the thing. I could have yeah. fucking made a commercial, beat yeah. somebody and make a phone yeah. call. Because yeah. you couldn't break them. <laughs> You could not break those phones. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, this is the phone I went to prison with. And this phone here, I said, well, I closed the phone, hung up on whatever the fuck she was. I give it back to her. She's looking at me. I'm doing this. I'm literally raising my hands up and down. I'm I'm, I'm free. I'm not in shackles. I'm not like, this is a me in shackles. And she doesn't know what you're doing. She don't. Next stop, she moves. <laughs> so I had my I had my own I had my own seat for the rest uh -huh. of the day. But here's what happened. So the bus driver says, all right, we're pulling into the to get some gas. He goes, and you got forty minutes to get something to eat. Be back on the bus at this time. I go forty fucking minutes. Forty fucking minutes. I says, wait a minute. I says, a gas station. You buy beer, cigarettes, a candy bar. What the fuck? No, we pull into this fucking place. It's got a fucking subway, a McDonald's. Like, what the fuck is this shit? Now I remember Jared, that fat fuck, the yeah. fucking one who went to prison. Now he's getting <laughs> fucked in prison. He guarantees he's getting <laughs> fucked in prison, which he deserves to be getting fucked in prison. That fucking child molester. So, <laughs> so anyway, we're sitting there. I go up on Everything's the Everything's changed oh in 11 God, years. Listen, right? I mean, you got to remember, 96 to 2007. That's yeah. a lot of changes in that year. Yeah, so, 11 years. And yeah. I go up online. I got money in my pocket. I want it. Now, anybody who tells you something different is wrong. Anybody who tells you what they miss most in prison is not sex, believe it or not. It's food. It's not sex. No, it's, you know, you miss sex, obviously, but it's food. You miss food, real food. Because you're delivered everything and you no, don't no, have you, a choice. You, the food is such fucking garbage. And yeah, it's yeah. the worst of the worst of the worst. And ask anybody what they miss. And they can, anybody who's done any time, he's like, uh, food. Yes, sex and all that shit, but food. So we're sitting there and. Uh, hey, I sex, get, sex, sex is here. Here you go. Sex hey, happens. Most people in jerk two off minutes. more than they have sex, right? Sure, two right. minutes. Forget you can jerk it. off anytime you want. <laughs> Listen, right? that sandwich lasts longer than yeah, sex. Exactly. Who are you kidding? Well, not at one in the morning. <laughs> yeah. but, so, but food, you can't replace food. But no. sex, you can jerk off to anyone you want, right? It's an imaginary thing, right? So we're sitting there. I never there, thought about this. But, so, like, food. Yeah. Because you're giving everything and it's bullshit. Well, there's no food. The food is so bad. It really is bad in prison. And so I'm online. I want a Subway fucking sandwich. I got money in my pocket. You're standing in front of a subway. I get up online, and I couldn't make a choice. What do you mean? You couldn't I, make a I, choice. I, I, I really, I started shaking. People were looking at me. You feel the because pressure. Because you've I, never I had to make a choice. It's called sensory overload. Is that what it is? What okay. happens is. I've heard about this. This is true. The average person today, all of us here, and everybody in this room, will make 1,500 choices. The average inmate makes 100. Whoa. 
How do you take a guy who makes 100 choices a day? Remember, an inmate doesn't get up and say what he's going to wear, what he's going to eat, what he's going to do. He goes to the chow hall, he gets up, he puts the same clothes on, he does this. There's no choice making. Yeah, you and I, oh, I want coffee, I want two cups, Larry's coming, I'm going to put booze out, I'm not going to do this. Whatever the fuck you're going to do. I've never thought about this. Think of that. No. It's 1,500 choices, and the average inmate makes one. So I'm looking at this thing, and I fucking freeze. I feel people looking at me. I get nervous. I turn around. I walk onto the bus, and I was crying in the back of the bus, and I didn't eat for 20 hours. And the person that saved my life, because I would have killed somebody, was my cousin, who's a psychologist and, and a life coach and one of the closest person in my life. She, I call her, and she says, Larry, calm down. And I would have wanted to hit you or do something to someone because I, I, I was not comfortable as a free person. I end up going back, and she saved my life because I go on the bus, and I didn't feel comfortable until I went to the halfway house. I was locked up again. I was literally locked up again. And just, then I felt comfortable. Just hearing Larry's voice here in the last 30 seconds, I saw a change of voice. 100%. It, I did too. I, I, felt, I, like, I felt tears in that fucking voice. It, right it, 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 that was a real it, fucking no, it, deal it, it, right it, it, there. It's not, it's just when, it, when I think dude, about it. Dude, when that. you just said that, honestly, you're you going to tear up, and I know you're I trying to hide it, but I, I, honestly, Holy shit. that's it, fucking amazing. It, 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 it's the hardest thing I think people You walked out of a fucking subway. Because you couldn't figure couldn't, it out. I couldn't make a choice. As a free man. I, and you, and you were choking up right there. I can feel it. You couldn't wait to get locked up again. I, I really wanted to be locked up. It's so fucked up. You know, you don't, you know, everybody thinks they can handle. I have a whole program for hold you. On, but hold on, give me a second. <laughs> no shit, that's, right? That's, Did you feel that? Everybody, I felt the tears coming everybody, out of me. Everybody, and I'll tell you the truth. Everybody thinks reentry is about giving them a house and a job. It's no. all about psychology. Yeah. It's all about getting that out of your person. When you do that many years, I did over a decade where I'm told what to do, when to do, how to do every fucking day of my life. And now you're telling me, here, you got money, you're in the free world. Go, go, go survive. Larry, I, I, you know, I've known Larry for a long time. Can't do I've it. never seen that moment we just had today, just now. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. Larry's always been the cool fucking mafia motherfucker. I love this guy, it, it, Uncle Larry. When I just saw just this now, but you know, a, Joe, a, it's a, not, it, I I think about me doing it. No, I just it's I saw people, I saw. But as an educated man, it's people. I think about people. how about the guy who's, Who, who's not everyone else educated? doing it yeah. exactly. How, about the, or it doesn't have support. How, how many exactly. millions of support. Americans that are released that are feeling the same way that you just did? So like, many. It made hey, me amazing. sure because I'm like, holy shit, man! So nobody, many. Nobody even realizes. What these people go through exactly. after being incarcerated for five, ten, fifteen, Listen, you know, twenty years—I get, I get you know? both ends of that. You know, wow. I get it that people want hardness, and I get all that. Horrible. I don't get. It's funny you were talking about that. That makes me funny. This will make you laugh, and it's kind of in the same realm. So we get to the halfway house, right? And I got money, and they, the halfway house gives you four hours to go get hygiene items. Okay, four hours. If you told me today, four hours to go to Walgreens. Yeah, let's exactly Walgreens. He says, listen, if you told me today, Larry, you got four hours to go get hygiene items, I'd go, I'd play two holes of golf, I'd fuck two women, I'd fucking come <laughs> home, I'd have a beer at the bar, I'd get my fucking shit, and I'd be back. <laughs> this is what happens. I go to Walgreens. The first thing I look at is 30 fucking choices of toothpaste. Now, in prison, you have three days to pick AIM or Colgate off a commissary list, and you figure out your money do this three days now i'm looking at this wall of toilet uh, 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 of toothpaste what the fuck do i buy what do I, how much money do i got oh my god i don't have enough how long is it gonna last I, you're fucking you don't have a job you don't have anything 
So I ended up buying five dollars. Uh, it was four dollars and twenty something cents. I think twenty five or twenty six, whatever it was. I go to the counter. I give her the items. She gives me, takes it, puts it in a bag, gives me my receipt, and she says thank you. And I gave her a five dollar bill. I look at her and I said, "Where's my fucking money?" I thought she was beating me for my twenty six cents or seventy four cents, whatever it was. It was at the at the end. Comes came down a little chase. Now they didn't have that when I went to prison. Yeah. I end up finding out, I go back, the guy tapped me on the shoulder, I was gonna hit him. Fuck, everybody's like, what the fuck, this guy's nuts. I end up getting the shit, I get back to the halfway house, again, I'm more comfortable, and I find out, do you know how many ex-cons left their shit at the fucking Walgreens? Because they, 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 something happened, and they got they nervous. They the fuck they, out, yeah. They, they got nervous, they skidded, they, you know. Dude, my mouth is hanging open right now, because that's, you don't People don't that. understand institutionalization. I was institutionalized. Even though I read the paper, got educated, got a degree, all this, I was institutionalized. Totally institutionalized. And people don't understand what institutionalization is. When you do something over, you know, it takes you three weeks to make a habit. It takes you six months to break it. Do something for 12 fucking years or 11 years I was in for it straight. I had 12, four 12-year sentences. You do something for that long, You it takes you a long time to... Un, unwind from that whole fucking thing. Yeah. It, totally. And people don't get institutionalization. People don't get what what happens to people when, when they're in prison. Now, the goal is, obviously, let me to explain this, though. Everybody thinks, I'm no liberal heart, meaning there are people I was in prison with. I know people who cut people's heads off. Literally cut people's heads off. Cut them off. I know people I never want to see get out and live next to you or you or me sure. or my mother. They're, they're fucking psychopaths. They will kill you as quick as, and, and go back to bed. I've seen a guy do that. So my point is there are people in prison that are crazy or nuts sure. or whatever. And, and I don't want to see them out. There. Yeah. yeah. But there's so many who made mistakes, who, who were drug dealers. Low. I was with the big, even the big drug dealers. They, they needed the wake-up call. They're going to change. You know what I tell people? They say, oh, people don't change. Let me ask you a question. When you were 20, you think you know it all. Oh, fuck, I'm smart as fuck. You hit 30, you look back and go, man, I was a moron at fucking 20. When you hit 40, you look back and you say, fuck, I was still stupid at 30. When you hit 50, you look back and go, fuck, am I ever going to learn anything? I'm 60. I'm saying, what the fuck? I'm still learning every day. So we change our political views, our life views. Yeah. Things change usually for the better because we become educated, more edu calmer. Uh, you want to educate your son. You want to educate people around you. So you have more experience. I always tell people I'm not smarter than anybody, high IQ or not. I have a high IQ, but it's not about the IQ. It's about experience. I have more experience in a place you don't want to go, period. Correct. With your son, you, and not many people have more experience than I, I have. And- able to uh, uh, relay it or talk about it and stuff like that. So you went to prison for nonviolent crimes. No, no, no. I was violent. You were? Yeah. Um, I, I was robbing people. I was tying people up. I was putting no, guns I know. in their and faces. We're going to get to that here real quick here. Oh, but, you uh, had to? Yeah, I love it because I'm I love this story coming up here um, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provoke you with because I listened to this story three times. And I'm like, oh, my God, you are brilliant on how you rob these jewels. Well, you know, the book is freaking wild. You will be able to rob a jewelry store after you read the book. I, which, I was just telling my son about Oh, sorry, that man. book. There it is. I, I, I what is that book again? Uh, the book right here is called Gangster Redemption. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal wow. book. 
and yep. uh, you'll be able to rob a Jewish store. Not not to it. You will so, get caught. So so give us the step by step how you rob these jewelry stores in broad daylight. Well, no. First of all, you don't just rob them. You case them for long periods of time. <laughs> this story is so great. You I case jewelry wait. stores for weeks sometimes. I mean, I will know who's coming, when the postman's coming, when the UPS man's coming, who's coming, what cars they're riding, uh, when the sun rises, when the sun sets, so the sun hits the glass, so you can't look in, but I could look out. There's so many variables to a robbery. And I, my first robbery was a setup. Was a jewelry setup. Wasn't it? You never set out to be a, a jewelry robber. No, no. Uh, when I robbed my first one, I got one hundred fifty thousand cash in the basket. This fucking good shit. One hundred fifty <laughs> fucking grand. I'm in. So I robbed. I, then I started saying, "Wait a minute." I fucking got it. This is great money. Then I started robbing them on my own. I had the outs with the with, with the mobsters to get rid of my jewelry. Nobody ever went to. So did you have case. to pay your boss when you robbed these? I paid him. Yes. In my own way. I didn't say, I gave him what I what was legit. I didn't fuck my pe bosses. I, I could have, but why would you do that and chance fucking somehow the fence knows the brother-in-law or someone says, oh no, Larry got a half a million out of that and he only gave you 10 grand. You know, yeah. why would you do that? And all of a sudden, you're dead. Yeah. You know, you ain't fucking walking away. That's not immediate. It's just, okay, you're fired. Go work at fucking goddamn Walmart. You know, fucking, no, 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 no. It ain't happening. You're fucking not doing that. You're dead. You know, you got the protection of a, a specific family. Matter of fact, funny story. I'm with my family, the Gambinos, and we're at a fucking now. I'm doing well. Gambinos. So I'm, I, I'm really doing well. And Mike the Bandit, one of our crew guys, uh, he says to me, he goes, Larry, you got to come to me with your fucking... He's a made man. He goes, you got to come to me with my, my diamonds. And I was just, I'm going, fucking Mike. I don't give a fuck. You know, you got to keep it in house. Blah, blah, blah. And I was Is getting... Is that how he sounded? Yeah. And, I, and, and, and this is funny because I was getting my, my diamonds through the Genovese family. And uh, I another, said... Another boss yeah, another yeah. And I yeah. set that all up. And I, I end up going to Dominic, my boss, and say, hey, Dom, I got a problem. Wait, now, was, his name is Dominic? My boss was Dom. The big boss was Dom. He actually, God, how he cliche actually, is that? He actually yeah. worked for Paul Castellano. Oh, no I shit. I mean, the Paul Castellano. And I'm going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so listen, so he goes like this to me. He goes, I said, Dom, and Dom used to be fucking Dom. Dom was a captain. And I said, hey, Dom, I, I got a problem. I fuck, I'm making a lot of money for people. And he says, it's all about money. And I said, Dom, I got a problem. Fucking Mike's busting my chops. I got a fucking good thing set up. And he goes, I'll take care of this. So we used to go every Friday night. We used to go to a fucking. <laughs> I'm too I know, I love that we, we we used to we used to pull up to a place called La Polina's restaurant on uh, I think it was West Eighth Street in Brooklyn, and and you talk about out of the fucking suit. We'd pull our cars up on the fucking on the on the fucking uh, uh, sidewalk right near the exit. We had a table in the corner. We could get out the exit. It was fucking crazy. So we, we're sitting there, and we used to go every Friday. We we I used to come up and play gin and, with, with Dominic and the bosses. My boss, Willie, and we'd be playing gin for money and shit. And I used to come up. I, I was like, they, they they knew I was a hitter. Meaning I, you wanted someone punched out, knocked out, whatever. you would Leave it at that. Sure. So so we're sitting. I'd be up there and, and fucking we're sitting around a big table. It's about, now it's me, Joey, a couple guys all around. About eight or us, nine of us. Now we're drinking. We used to drink espresso out of the fucking pots, the old pots. And fucking, uh, so Dominic goes, once he does that, everybody shuts up. He goes, Nobody here deals with Larry but me. I'm like laughing my balls up inside. Now, Bandit's a made die. I'm not. 
And I, oh shit. But he, he couldn't do shit about it, man. And I laugh. I'm laughing about it today because he wanted to get in on my action. And I had such a fucking good thing going. Why fuck it up? And Dominic knew that. I'm giving Dominic envelopes of 40 grand, yeah. 50 fucking grand, 30 grand every fucking twice, three times a year for nothing. Hey, kid, kid. Dominic, Dominic walking fucking. He was a little guy. Boy, you don't want to. He, he actually worked for Albert Anastasia. Albert Anastasia was Murder Incorporated. And Dominic worked for him. Back in the fucking murder 50s. Inc. Murder Inc. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. back in back in the fifties. Dominic was a fucking <laughs> Dominic was a fucking killer, man. He, he you know, you didn't want to fuck with this little motherfucker. I had fucking sit down one time because I smacked some guy, boy. He come in. You didn't want to fuck with Dominic. But anyway, so he had my back. Because it was all about money. Yeah. All about money, man. Don't let anybody kid you. Everything's about money in the mob. And that's I learned that not only going to prison, I learned that even beforehand, but it's all about money. Everything's about money. And that's okay. I mean, it, listen, the world revolves around money. I get that part of it. Yeah. So it's just Mike the Bandit was so fucking mad for so long. He couldn't do shit about it. Because once Dominic said that, ain't nobody fucking touching me. Nobody. And so it was you like were untouchable. Untouchable at that point. As not a made person because you're not no, Italian. No, right. Because of this. Because yeah. of money. Yeah. Because of money. So so some of the mafia movies that we've watched are correct in that aspect that uh, people who earn, who are earners. Earners, absolutely. Are are untouchable sometimes, especially yeah, well, if they're big earners. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to remember, I'm making people a lot of money. Yeah. And doing the right thing by people. I know. I'll tell you a good story that Dominic, uh, Do Willie and Dominic actually tested me. I'm doing very well in Florida. I'm in South Florida. Homes, boats, horses. Fuck my own clubhouse, my own you limousine. You keep fucking me up with driver. the horses, man. <laughs> you don't look like oh, a That's horse a funny guy. fucking yeah. story. I had, uh, you're going to get me off on that horse story. That's a great story. Because I call up Tom, and I'm going to go off on that fucking story. Okay, I'll do that right after this. So I, I, I'm making a I lot I I'm making a lot of money. He's fucking right? phenomenal. Yeah, he? he's great. Listen, I'm making a lot of money, right? So I'm doing well. I get a phone call from Willie. He says... Be up here tomorrow at 8 in the morning. Who's Willie? Willie was my direct boss. Okay. Made guy. Okay. Worked for, of course, Dominic. He says, be up here at 8 in the morning tomorrow. Okay? I don't say why. What do you need me? What do you do? I get a fucking plane ticket. Now, this is back in the day. You can go to an airport and put cash down. Yeah. And just fucking go on the yeah. plane. Before 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I fucking go on there. I end up fucking giving them give them money. I get there. The first thing that happens, a guy in, uh, in my way cab service was uh, the one we owned, the mobs is owned. Guy picks me up at the airport in Kennedy Airport and he gives me a pistol because that's the first thing I wanted. Right. And I'm fucking cursing the whole way fucking back. Motherfucking Belt Parkway. I hate this fucking place. But he's worried I'm going to kill him. He knows I have a bad <laughs> reputation. So they drop me off at the bar. I start playing uh, 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 gin with Dominic in the, in the crew and we're just sitting around. Nothing said. I don't say a fucking word. Friday night comes, we go to dinner over at La Polina's restaurant, then afterwards we have an apartment above the place. We do that. We hang out. Saturday comes, we party, drink. Um, Sunday, Willie says, hey, have a great trip back. Not one word was ever fucking said. I never said a word either. And six, eight months, a year later goes by. I go, hey, Willie, what the fuck do you guys call me up that time, man? Wasting my weekend. He goes, you were tested, but you passed. They wanted to see how big you be for your britches. Will you listen? And he was right. I did that with a guy who worked for me. I had a deal with the guy, my crew. 
I said, if you you remember beepers back in the day? Yeah, I had one. Right. Motorola pagers. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I told my crew, if you don't answer my beeper, you better be dead or in jail. Yeah. Dead or in jail. 100%. So one time at four in the morning, I called Junior. He'll, he'll tell you the story. And I fucking, he doesn't answer my beeper. Motherfucker, okay. I go to the clubhouse that I had built. I take, he's sleeping on the bed, a pull-out couch. I take a 357 out of my fucking belt and I fucking threw three bullets That's right next to his house. Gun. Big fucking gun. Boom, boom, boom. He fucking almost flies to the fucking ceiling. <laughs> He's crying. He's crying. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> He's fucking crying. I said, You didn't answer my. He was fucking shaking. I don't blame him. But I learned that lesson from Willie because, you know, loyalty, money could screw loyalty up. Sure. You know, yeah. and. That it, people don't get that, and and I understand that, big time. And I was getting bigger and bigger because I was making more money and and stuff. Yeah. But I still understood where I had to have protection because I don't care how big you get, you're not going to get big enough to where they can't fucking take you out or right. do everything. But you you know what made me laugh? You said the horses. I'm home watching Lonesome Dove. Remember the fucking movie Lonesome <laughs> yeah, Dove, the love, TV show, uh, Robert Duvall yeah. and all this shit. So I called Tommy. Works for me. I said, Tommy, get the car. We're going to buy a horse. He goes, What tracks is going on? I said, no, it's a fucking horse. He goes, what fucking track? I said, just get the fucking, he goes, is it a trotter? I said, just get the fucking car. <laughs> so he comes to the fucking, he gets to the house, he picks me up, and here I am in a fucking Lincoln. We got fucking, you know, Bally's of Switzerland, slacks. I said, we're going to buy a horse. There's a place down near, uh, in Davie, Florida, and there's a, a place, I, I saw it, it looked like a KKK ranch, but it was a Christian ranch. Had three crosses, and it had horses for sale. So I walk in, I pull in there with a fucking, uh, this, you gotta picture this fucking two Brooklyn fucking guys walking yeah. and, and say yeah. to him, "Hey, listen, I want to buy a horse." Guys, looking at what the fuck are these guys All lost. I'm thinking is Pyomide. right? Wait, he's <laughs> fucking he, Sopranos. He's he, well, no, he's thinking, "What the fuck is going on?" And I said, "Listen, here's the deal. I want to buy a horse, but you have to teach me to ride it." I just saw Lonesome Dove, the fucking movie. <laughs> the guys thinking, "What well, this fucking guy's crazy?" Not only do I buy a horse. I buy two fucking horses, saddles, fucking a trailer. Cost me twenty five fucking thousand. I leave the fucking place, <laughs> and I had them house the horses and fucking you yeah. know clean and muck the store. But I loved them. They were riding horses, huh. riding horses, not racers. Yeah. I had a racehorse once. We lost our balls on that. But fucking, <laughs> you know, it was just something we did. You know, uh, it, you try everything. You, you, you oh try everything. You try when, when you have that type of money. You have to. You know what? It, it was crazy. Because you don't, we were, first of all, we were too young. But then again, John Gotti said this, and this is a true statement. You know John Gotti? I met him a couple of times. I don't know, so you knew know John Gotti? Oh, I knew of him very well. I mean, it worked for him technically. He had a temper out the fucking ass. You didn't want to fuck with his temper. John Gotti said this, any gangster who has a 401k clan, I'll kill him. Because they're on the government. Because you're not retiring. Yeah. What the fuck you need your money for? Yeah. What do you mean you need to put it? Because if you got five million in the bank over here, you know you're gonna fucking snitch. This is the name of this episode. If you need a four hundred one k plan, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> I'm gonna name this the no, episode. I, I, and it has I'm, to be. That's a true statement. He said. I, I saw John Gotti in, in a restaurant. We were in a, uh, Little Italy, and I'm with my crew. You know, our crew now. He's at another table, and he didn't know me. Like you know, hey Larry. No, no. I fuck. I, I was a little fucking peon. But anyway, John Gotti had a temper, man. I saw it. Do you guys know where espresso is? You know, espresso? Yeah, like coffee? And yeah, the espresso yeah, coffee. Yeah, you know yeah. when you ask for Sambuca? Yep. You know they put three beans in it? Uh, to You know uh, what they mean? I don't. When they put three beans in, in a coffee, it means health, wealth, and happiness. 
So if you put two beans in there, you're trying to tell a guy, fuck you, on one of them. Well, some poor waiter puts two beans in a fucking coffee. John Gotti takes this glass and throws it across the fucking room. Now, we're at another table. Fucking police gets fucked inside. Who the fuck's it? The fucking owner's there. Fucking shit is fucking bad. This poor kid I felt so bad for. He's like, you know, 25-year-old kid. He's a waiter. He fucking, you know, a mistake. It was a stupid mistake, but. And, and Vincent's, Vincent's is an Italian restaurant, literally, he throws the fucking glass, you motherfucker, mo I'm like, holy fuck, this guy's temper just went, boom, fucking, shit. fucking, talking to people oh my God. to a fucking, like, a lightning, I'm like, holy shit, and I'm just sitting there, like, fucking, I'm with Dominic. And it was a mistake. See, when Dominic, when Gotti killed Castellano, there was a big, that was a very tough period in the mob, because, like, my boss was loyal to Castellano. Now he had to be loyal to Gotti. Uh, you know, it just the way it was because they didn't know what was going on. And that's just that time of a period. It, that's when Gotti get, you know, remember yeah. you'd spark steakhouse and all that bullshit. But my boss was a powerful guy. And that crew, our crew was a power. We were money making crew. You know, everybody where we were at were money making crews. There were certain crews that were money makers, some were not. Yeah. Some were harder, some were killers, some were. We were money makers, you know. We some were union people and everything else as well. I, yeah. Exactly. Had the union. Yep. Sammy Gravano had yep. all the unions yep. locked yep. up and all that kind of stuff. So there were different things on different different uh, teams, if you want to call it. And, but they all had to come in line. I mean, don't anybody kid you. There's a hierarchy, there's a respect, there's a hierarchy. Obviously, you, know, you can go look back and say, where the fuck-ups happened? Who knows? Fucking, you know, the government wants you. The government's going to get you. They gave fucking, I told you, Sammy Gravano, 19 murders, and they get him off. Give me a fucking break. 19 fucking murders, yeah, and they let the real. fucking guy well, off. So yeah. I don't care what you say. I mean, uh, you know, how you can justify that, I don't will ever get. So the, the last story I want to hear you tell is how you... Wow, how long we've been going? Almost two an, hours. An hour, an hour and 27 piss, minutes. Because I got to yeah. piss. You can piss if you want me. Can I go piss? Yeah. I already pissed. Yeah, go back yeah, there and piss. Yeah, I got to piss. These beers. Yeah. Can you shut me down for a second? I'll you end it. Whatever you want. God damn, I got to It is your birthday. Besides your basement, you it know. It is your birthday, man. I, I love like it, man. Studio. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, okay. man. I appreciate it. That's Boob McNutt, by the way. That's who it is. Are we live now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, 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 we're ready rolling. to go. We're rolling, Joe. So here's the deal. Don't this, fuck up. This was my grandparents' house that I uh, inherited, and my grandfather always had a bar in the basement, and this guy terrorized me my entire life because I didn't know what the hell he was, and my grandfather always says, that's Boo McNutt, and he scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Whose idea was this setup? That was my grandfather's. No, the setup. I oh, don't mean the this? bar, like the studio setup. Mine, yeah. Good idea. Really it's a nice good. studio, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's easy. It's comfortable. It's easy the way you put it up yeah. and set it up. It's, and it doesn't make you feel like you're in somebody's home. Like, it makes you feel I like... I don't care where you're at. I've done yeah. interviews in cars, but the uh, it's, you know, it, it's just comfortable. It's it, it's not, you know, it's not... I, I, I've been in uncomfortable studios. Well, I'm glad I, I was at Fox Studios a lot, and uh, they, I mean, they have so much production. What the fuck is this shit, you know? This is just right. And you got four cameras. That's a big deal. Thank big. you, man. That's that's a big deal. Dude, I appreciate you. We got Larry Lawton here on the GXP podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to hear one more story about how you went into a jewelry store and tied up some people and then sold people some fucking jewelry. Sold people? Didn't you? 
I thought you were acting as like uh, a customer or the salesman. Oh, 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 yeah. oh. You You're talking about talking. how I did it, not yeah. not how I sold people. No, I didn't sell no, people. You still, you I still stole robbed them. I took them a gun out, put it in their face, and tied them all up and fucking. I, I once tied ten people up. That's a funny <laughs> ten story. People. We're, we're in a store now. You, you know, like so, we go in a store, and now I, I love the stores that have the buzzers. You know, you walk in and it that that's great. It stops. Idiots. You, you know, you know what? You know the buzzer stops. The crackhead that's fucking coming in. This, you know, uh, we call them uh, smashing grabs. I was a professional, so when that when I had that door that was buzzed, that's good for me. So I know who's coming in. Right. So we go into this uh, jewelry store, Sunrise, Florida. It was the Sunrise of Fort Lauderdale. I don't know which one it was. So we go down there, and I go in, and I take down the crew, and there's, like, there's three or four people, and I take them all down. I tie them up with zip ties. and I never gag people because I didn't want people to die or anything of that nature. What if they yelled? They weren't yelling. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> You're right. You fucking get yelled. I tell you not to yell with a fucking gun in your face. You yelling? No. Not never. I'm not going to yell. No. You're shutting up or pissing your pants. <laughs> so we're sitting there. I tie up the people. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. They want to come in. They come in. I open my jacket. I got the guy. I'm in suit and tie. You're in a robbery. Come on. Come on. And I ran out it. of fucking flex cuffs. I ran out of flex cuffs. I got 10 people in the fucking store. This is funny because <laughs> there was a jerk off in there. There was a guy in there who was like mouthing off. I go, who the fuck is this guy? So I go up to the guy, I pull his wallet out. I'm thinking, is he a cop or something? And he's nothing. And I take off a bracelet he has, and it's a fugazi. You know what fugazi means? Fake. Fake. Yeah. It's a fugazi bracelet. I go, and, and it was funny because I take, he's not a cop. I take his wallet, keep his ID, I throw it at him. I take the fugazi, his, his gold band he had on, and it's a fugazi. I go, you fucking fake motherfucker. And the fucking owners of the the, the the two jewelry store ladies and the guy start laughing. Because this guy thought he was a big shot coming in and he was a fake. This guy was a fake. I took everything fucking out of that whole store and I fucking even, I, I said, you can keep your fake fucking shit. Just <laughs> funny fuck. But, you know, I, I tied up over 100 people, you know, in, in probably 100 people in stores and, uh, Listen, I, I want to emphasize this. I'm not ever proud of what I did in that end of it. You know, I mean, I put fear. I didn't hurt people. You know who hated me? The insurance companies. Sure. They hated me. The FBI said that. They couldn't get people <laughs> to come against me because, boy, the insurance companies wanted you bad. You yeah. know, because I was caught by the FBI. I wasn't caught by the local jokers, you know. Can you imagine fucking Iowa City trying to catch me? Get the fuck out of here. Iowa City. <laughs> or fucking got them Cedar Rapids. Are you fucking kidding me? I fucking took over the town. But the uh, it, it's funny because... You know, the FBI said, listen, I didn't hurt people, but you do put fear in them. You do put, you know, I mean, people had to live with that, but they got to get over it. You know, I had to forgive myself in my own way. And I've, I've, uh, uh, that I did put harm on people that, you know, they're facing that. And, but, you know, in life, you got to get over shit. I mean, yeah. I had to get over being pissed on. I had to get over being all the, uh, my abuses. And again, I'm not mad. I, I think we could change systems. I actually help jewelry stores now try to prevent robberies. Yeah. From professionals. Like, yeah. you know, it's easy to prevent the, the crackhead. It's he hard would, to prevent me. When they have big robberies, they put him on, like, NBC, oh, oh, M whatever. Did, yeah. did you know, Joe, I actually called every major robbery. They had, the, remember when Kim Kardashian was robbed? Yep, yep. I called how it was done. Yep. He, he was Four on national later. TV. Oh, I'm on all they, the time. They, they get him on there, like, hey, what happened? He fucking calls it out and does. And I've never been wrong. So far, no. the, the biggest robbery 
Well, they had a billion dollars. Because he knows. 136 million in France. The guy walked in with a briefcase. People go, why do you rob jewelry? Because I could put $100 million in a briefcase and walk out. You know how much $100 million would weigh? Uh, Forget it. It, it. It's fucking tons. You couldn't do it. You foot, need forklifts. Five foot wide. Yeah, oh, you, you need put it on a pallet. Yeah. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Cash is king. I might get 30%, but okay. At 136 million, give me 30% at 40 million. Try to carry 40 fucking million. I'm taking out in a briefcase. The guy did that. 136 million in France in, in a hotel in Paris. I called how they did it, and they ended up figuring out exactly how they did it. And I did it because... Again, I robbed so much. I know. I know about business so well because, first of all, how do you get rid of it? That's yeah. the key. Yeah, you, you know, there, have there, buyers. there was a robbery. I remember being out of prison. Now you gotta have people. So, so I'm out of yeah. prison, and Tiffany's in New York was robbed for five million, and they catch the fucking guy because he sold a thirty thousand dollar diamond in Harlem for fucking crack or whatever the fuck he sold it for. I said, "What fucking morons!" I would have gave him a million for that fucking load. Get the fuck out of the way. I would have got two million for the load. I would have made a million bucks because he didn't have the out. The key in, in the jewelry business is have the, the fence. It's right. called the fence. Yep. Is to have the out. And if you don't have that out, you're going to get caught. So everything that we see in movies here is bullshit then. Mm-mm. No, no. Like it, people you know, come down and like Tom Cruise style and like rob shit like you that. You know, no, you know, you know, you don't see that. Or they entrapment. Actually, well, or let me tell. Like, let me tell you. Great question. They got a gang. They call them the Pink Panther Gang. They're out of England and they're still around. They fucking do these brazen robberies. Go through a mall with fucking speed cars and fucking crash walls and fucking and get away. They're called the Pink Panther Gang. Huh. Very, very. They're all very loyal, very technical. They, they, they hit it on the timing. They do it, and they, they're still around to this day. Really? Called the Pink okay. Panther. Look them up. Google them. Anybody oh, out there, Google them up. You're referring to like the George Clooney and the Brad Pitt. Like entrapment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like all that. So like well, they did that in real. England. No, they did that in England. They, they went through a wall, got into the safes. They did, I mean, that does happen. Yeah. But it, but that's not how you robbed them. No, no, no. First of all, in any of those robberies, it takes money to make money. I mean, you know how much it would take to put a crew together to do this? And get the equipment to go through all that. I mean, it's like a lot of money. I mean, if, yeah. have, if I had that kind of money, why am I going to rob? I mean, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't robbing 100. My biggest robbery I was going to rob was going to be $15 million, And that was out of uh, the Bow Harbor Mall in, uh, not Bow Harbor Mall, the H. Stern Jewelers in, in Bow Harbor, Florida. I was going to rob an H. Stern Jewelers. Then I ended up going down to the Fountain Blue Hotel. There was an H. Stern Jewelry. I was so close to robbing it. I was going to put dynamite on the people and I was going to fucking. Jesus. I, I, I was going to. Uh, listen, uh, it's in the book too. It's a great story. I was going to put uh, uh, a kidnap. Actually, went to the house in Hollywood, Florida and fucking was waiting behind the bushes. We we're going to kidnap the family and keep them there and fucking get the guy because the timer, the safes, and everything. I had it really planned. And it was about a 15, 14 million dollar job. And I talked my crew. I said, listen, I'm coming in with about 14 million. I want 4 million. Okay, lad, you got it. You come 14, they were going to give me 2 million up. And, you know, I was going to get out of the country. And then another million and another million and a month and a month. I never did it, thank God, because first of all, the statute of limitations would, would have never ran out because it's kidnapping. Right. There's certain crimes that, like, I don't give a fuck about talking because the statute of limitations are up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, the government knows. And you didn't it. do it. Yeah. And I didn't do it. And the government knows, I'm saying. So in that regard, uh, I get it. Now, there, I, I used to plan the big ones. Obviously, you know, when I planned jobs, it, it, you know, it was very, very, we couldn't play around. You didn't party, you didn't go to bars. You, you stayed in the hotel 
we had, you know, everything was cash. You get, it was none yeah. of this. You need an ID. No paper fucking, trail. What, what never a paper yeah. trail. My crew knew. I was so hard with my crew. I remember once after the How many job, people in your crew? Three or four, depending on what we're doing. I would fucking put a gun to their head and say, you fuck around. I'll kill you both. Would you kill them? Whatever I think I, back then I would have. Yeah. Back then I would have. Now, no. I mean, I'm not doing anything now, you know. I'm not yeah. killing anybody here. Wait yeah. a minute. What are we fucking talking about? Yeah. <laughs> he just, he just I didn't no, ask no, no. if you killed anybody. I'm just asking, would you have killed him? I think back in those days I would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? I do. I definitely think I would Yeah? They knew I was for real because I was a little psychopath in that regard. Yeah. I had no... I had no Nothing nothing to lose at that point. Yeah, you know, I yeah. I, I always thought I was going to die by 50. And uh, look at me, 60. So I'm on, I'm on great time. So, Larry, um, with this final thought here, of all the people that are looking at... Thanks for the beers. Oh, man, of course, man. Of all the people out there that are thinking about doing mischievous things or anything else, what is the best advice that you can give everybody? I'm glad you, you said that. That's a great ending. Uh, listen, I lived a crazy life. And I'm one of the lucky ones. There's so many who didn't make it You're out. You're not dead. Not dead or in jail for life. Right. And you, know, and you, you were I in was, the mob. I, 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 you know, there's, I'm glad you said, because there's so many people think the easy way is the right. You know who I respect today? The worker. Your son, who's going to find a career in what he's doing. You, what you're doing. Joe, Thank what you. he's doing. I really do respect those people. I, you know, my dad and mom were hardworking people. They didn't make much, but they made a living. They raised people, and they did the right thing. Uh, I lived a crazy life. I would never recommend it for anybody. I think if you use your brains, and, and I think if young people think about what they want to do, enjoy what they do, and they'll find something that, you know, it's hard to tell a person, oh, you don't give a shit about money. I had limousines and homes and stuff. So money did never made me happy, and I learned that. Uh, that's why I'm not chasing money now, and I'm making money now. And now you're making it. Yeah, yeah. a lot more. You know, you can. I make a lot of money doing what I do, but it's it's because I'm not chasing it. Yeah. You know, and and when I chased the limousine, and it never made me happy. My sister used to tell me she was a Christian girl. She passed away with cancer, but she used to say to me, "Larry, you're not happy. You have horses, homes, boats, multiple houses, everything, and you're not happy." And she was right. I don't know what I was chasing. I'm sure I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, meaning I believe, but I'm there's right so there much bullshit yep. out there. Fuck, I've seen it all. So, and I just think, I think if people find their own path and enjoy what they do, I don't care if it's radio, I don't care if you make a little money, you make a lot of money. If you find that path and you find that happiness when you're happy at night, I'm a happy guy now, I really am. And that's a big difference. And I, listen, I like to party, I like to have fun, I like sure. to do the right thing, I like to hang with Joe. And, and I love, that's why I love what Joe does, and I want to keep supporting Guys, are, you know, listen, Be Like Joe should be in every fucking city in this country. 100%. 100%. And I'm glad, and I want to yeah. thank you for, for helping him. Yes, of course. And, and, and keeping on. And we will. We'll make a point when I come back. We'll, we'll do this all Yeah, the time. we'll do it again, man. Absolutely. Will you, you know, be back on? I will guarantee I'll be on. I, I say it, it it'll be happening. So here's the deal. Um, I've always been fascinated with mob stories and movies and everything, right? But to sit down with somebody who has lived it and have my son here that has listened to it has opened my eyes more, more than anything because um, – I got emotional hearing about you getting, you know, back into the community after being incarcerated for 11 years. And um, this was probably, honestly, Joe, thank you so much. And Larry, thank you so much for coming on. One of the best podcasts I've ever been a part of. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Oh, my God. Like, this was so great. And it's just two guys rapping. 
Oh, we're just hanging out. We're having a good time. You know, you know oh, it's yeah, my yeah. birthday, does, and for my birthday, I asked Larry. I said, I Larry, I got a buddy that wants to do That's a podcast. That's what he said to me. He goes, I said, you know what? It'd be great for my birthday. I'd love to do this because this guy is cool as shit. And he said that. And and I you said to him, cool Joe, what shit. are you talking about? He goes, because I get asked all the time. I go, he goes, it's a small podcast. I said, if you want it, Joe, I'll do it for you. Whatever yeah. you want to do. That's exactly what I said. And my team knows that. They know Thank that. You. And, and you know what? These are the podcasts that actually reach to the people. That are, yeah. are interested, well, and before you know it, that's how they grow. The reason and, why and I, I asked him because he has such a great story with his book, and it helped my son out. And uh, and what I've been doing in the community with trying to help people out, it, it's all in the same concord. So I got a good thing going yep, here, yep. And, and you got to keep going. Redemption. What you can tell you, Larry, you've been around for a while. Thank you. You can thank, tell. Oh my God, you guys are so amazing! And please come back on next time you're in Iowa. Listen, you bring me another turkey, I'm coming. I tell you what, man, you can stay at my house anytime because well, I ain't got just, shit to rob. So uh, <laughs> I can't do it without going to Devin and doing TikTok. Yeah. Oh but. my God, you guys are amazing, Joe Sample. Thank you so much, guys. Larry Lawton. Larry, um, good podcast. Over thank there, you, everybody. And Joni and my son Sander Lee. He is amazing, and uh, thank you so much. Right there, Dad. Uh, I Dad. appreciate you Dad. guys. Right there. Yeah, there he there is. There you go.